How are we doing guys and gals? My name's Ed, but before we get into today's show, I wanted to personally thank everyone for the love and support that the show's received over the last couple of weeks. We definitely feel it and couldn't be any more reciprocal, and believe me when I tell you to buckle up because we've only just begun. That being said, we hope you all enjoy this week's episode of the show. We're joined by my kid brother, Andrew, and we're really, really excited to bring this one to you guys, so... Can't wait for you all to hear it. Um, so without further ado, welcome to the Film Effect Podcast. Hit the music! Hi guys, welcome to the Film Effect Podcast. We take all things film to the full effect. I'm joined by my co-host, Sean Elliott. What up? And our guest co-host this week, my kid brother, Andrew. Say what's up, Andrew. What's up, dude? How you been, dude? <laughs> A little hardcore. <laughs> so how have we all been, gentlemen? Hmm. Been doing good. Can't complain. Since I saw you 72 hours ago, nothing has changed outside of my haircut. Nice, nice, nice. All right, well... Definitely got one for you guys today, but before we get into that, I want to handle some business and remind you guys that you can check out previous episodes of the show on Spotify, Google, iTunes, Breaker, Stitcher, and wherever else you enjoy your favorite shows. You can follow us along on both Facebook and Instagram at the Film Effect Podcast. You can follow us along on Twitter at Film Effect Pod. Very good. You're doing your homework. And if you guys have any comments, questions, or requests, you can email them to thefilmeffectpodcast.com or filmeffectpodcast at gmail.com. There we go. I'll give you a 98% for that one. <laughs> Getting better. 98 is a passing grade. <laughs> Teachers, we've been blown away. Right. <laughs> Are you great on the curve? All right. Current events. Um, so did you guys see that Saw trailer that dropped this morning? I did, and I, I, I watched it because you're like, um, definitely intrigued, but it, yeah, it kind of, it, it threw a bit of a curveball with the casting of obviously Chris Rock and Samuel L. Jackson. I didn't know till the trailer that Jackson's playing his dad. Oh, I knew that from the, I, okay, I did, oh, really? I did, okay. I thought they were like, I mean, because I, I, you know, I read the casting, mm-hmm. I saw the still shots, I thought they were like, you know... Like a Morgan Freeman, Brad Pitt type thing in Seven, like like. I thought there was a camaraderie, not necessarily like like, like veteran, like veteran cop yeah. and rookie cop, whatever. Um, I tell you what, I'm having a hard time buying. What's that? Chris Rock just like, just Chris like, Rock in a serious horror movie. It's it's, it's it's it looks like he's just straining for the uh, the emotion. You know what I mean? Like, I get it. He's supposed to be distressed the whole time. He's like, you know, get yeah. all the cops. I, I just, I don't know. Am I, am I, I like it. it? Of course. I like but- that it left me, you know, asking questions. Um, I thought it was going great 
until that final fucking shot of Sam Jackson in the trap, and I'm like, God right, damn it, you, yeah. you guys almost had it, but right. you had to go and do that. Fuck it's, like, it's like show me John Connor's a fucking Terminator. Oh, you know what God, I mean? You guys were going so good, the with the teaser. but then you had to show Sam Jackson in the trap, and it's like, okay, it's a solid movie. He's not getting out, we, we, so we, we know he's going to be fucking dead. Right, Thanks, right. guys. It, but it's like, it, like if you look those those shots of of him, like he, he's all rocks, all like bug eyed, like he's yeah, you know he's. The whole trailer. he's definitely trying. I wanted. I'm curious to see how he, you know, he's, can hold. I, I feel like film. he's reaching. Though. We'll do see. You, do, 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 do you see him? Do you get? I got I'm, mixed vibes watching because I'm not gonna lie. As, as much as I did dig the trailer, I, I was questioning like, this is Chris Rock. <laughs> like, I, I had like I was getting like glimpses of funny of grownups. You know, like him and Sandler and shit. Like, I, I mean, well, didn't, he have, didn't he have a hand in like, like writing it? Wasn't it like his idea? Oh, this is because of him. Yeah. It was. Like he, he met the um, producer at a at a party for some other movie. A Lions, one of the Lionsgate execs were there, right, and right. he basically said, "You know, I'm a huge fan of this franchise, and you know, if I you guys him, want, like, I got an idea. I got a treatment. Pitched. You know, he, he, so he had a treatment, and, and a treatment turned into. Got, I, I believe and, he co-wrote it, and and it brought uh, what's his name, Boseman." Back. Bozeman did what? Daryl and Bozeman's back. Three he did two, three, and four. Okay. And he it was a guy for uh Repo, right? And oh, Repo yeah. Repo opera? and the uh the other uh, opera that he did, uh, the the Devil's Carnival, I think it was called. Oh, that one, yeah, I never watched. Which that. was a trilogy that's I think the third one's not out yet. Yeah. Um See, I'm somebody that doesn't like to watch trailers. I don't like to have things spoiled in any form of fashion. But I did and watch they should, they, and they shouldn't spoil. They they should give yeah. you, they they should give yeah. you intrigued. He didn't but... write it. Chris Rock did not write this. Okay, um, but yeah, there's. Did you watch the? Trailer? Yes, I watched both of them. I watched the other one this morning. They're they're intriguing. I definitely enjoy them. But like like, like Ed said, it, 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 that shot of Jackson at the end. Yeah, they it didn't gave need you it. too much. They didn't need it. You didn't, no, you didn't Did not need it. it. You already had. I like the one scene with him in it. I like how he chose Saul in particular. Saul has always been a very unique concept to me. Like you could do something brilliant with a Saul film. So yeah. Yeah, it, could, they do, it gets. Hopefully, it got they a little, do something brilliant. With what was this, you know? Like. What was cool about the Saw franchise for me is, and you know, because they obviously released around Halloween. The the if first it's one. So, if it's Halloween, it must birthday. be Saw. Right? Yeah, it's Halloween. It must be Saw. So the 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 they more than one of them came out on my birthday. Yeah, like the very first one was released October twenty sixth. Pretty that sure year. the fourth one definitely did. Twenty six. We the, the, so did the first one because it was when yeah the first one did yeah did both of those like so we we went too. like it used to be a birthday event I think you might have went with me once or twice I never like, saw a Saw film with you no no, no? Uh -huh. okay um yeah it used to be like a birthday event like yeah happy birthday to me we're gonna go see a Saw movie um but I like when I look back I try to make sense of where they're at. Yeah, in the timeline, right. it gets a it gets way convoluted. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, one and three are running along the same time, and four takes place. It'll, like, you're all over the. That'll happen place. when you have seven films, but it makes <laughs> right. it even worse when, when you're cranking out once a year. When they're all and all seven of them come out in a seven year period. Well, wait, right. there's, 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 there's actually like, hurry got, up and write. We gotta got, get the filming. Like, oh god, dude, you guys are leaving. You're forgetting about Jigsaw. There's actually eight of these movies. I have I haven't seen. I've never seen Jigsaw. I thought there were six, and then. Jigsaw was oh, no the right, final the final one. chapter like they pulled a fucking final card and, and yeah, like after he's totally dead they brought I, I'm curious oh, like man. I'm so Saw 3D was the last one that was the seventh film okay. part seven was 3D yeah and then it took like a seven year hiatus then they and came then back they, with Jigsaw yes, I forgot about that. which spoiler alert is supposed to be a prequel 
is at the twist in that one. It's funny we talked about the, the, the Saw films and how like the stories got discombobulated and stuff like that. Well, we might be revisiting those, speaking of, since we got this new film coming out. I think now would be a good time to just revisit, maybe talk about them. The maybe. whole run? Like, I gotta watch all of them? Mm-hmm. Man, it's... Okay. Yeah, it'd be fun. Yeah, I tried. Me and me and her, me and her did it a couple years ago. Um, I think we got that. We and we we like marathon it. I think we got almost halfway through the sixth one, and just we 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 never wrapped it up. Put a bow on. Jigsaw wasn't out yet when, when we right, did it. Okay. Jigsaw hadn't been released. Jigsaw was, or was about to come out, and so we, her and I were like, "All right, let's just marathon the shit out of these things for this new one." And then like it kind of petered out on us. You know what I mean? Like right. we, we we ran out of steam on it. I, I, I admittedly haven't seen any of the films since, like, the theatrical runs. Yeah. Um, I didn't... I watched the I, first four in the theaters, and then after that, it was just DVD for me. I yeah, saw the I'm first probably, seven. I'm going to say, I think I did the first three. Or, well, I did the first four, because what did you say? The fourth one came out on my birthday, too? Yeah. Yeah, so I, I definitely did one and four, because I just remember that was Because that was, was like the first one where Jigsaw was, was dead, and that was the first film without him. Yeah. Yeah, it's just it's wrapping your head around. Yeah, that exactly. Whole franchise. Um, like you need a you you need a Wikipedia page open while you watch it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's sitting there sifting through an encyclopedia. Like what happened in the last one? Right. Well, you Better, gotta have yeah, a what happened in three of them ago? Like <laughs> you know. So before we jump into this week's film, do any of you guys? Well, let's just call it now. Weekly recommends. What would you get for a six-year-old boy who chronically wets his bed? Uh, I'll start with Sean. Yeah. Do, so, do you have anything this week you want to recommend? Well, I mean. It's, like I usually do, I, I, I get back to the well, man. I went old school, and Manny and I watched um, a, a James Woods flick from uh, late '80s called Best Seller. You familiar with the film? No, it's James not Woods, Brian Dennehy. No. Yeah, Brian Dennehy's like a, a, a no, cop, not at but all. He, also, he writes like crime novels on the side, and James Woods is this <clears throat> like professional hitman who you know. Saddles up to the dude. He wants him to write his, you know, life story. Um, but the reason I watched that was because of the James Woods film, Cop. It was like one of those, you know, recommends on my prime, like, because you watch this, watch Right, that. right. Um, but, so, bestseller was, yeah, it's a 80s flick. Um, you know, thriller, if you will. Um, but Cop was good. Um, I, I don't... So... You know, nothing really to write home about. Just, you know, mm-hmm. time filler. I watched that, and I watched uh, Scarecrow yeah. uh, early. I think I was talking to you about it before, early. Er, That's it, Hackman and Pacino. Hackman and Pacino. They're very young. They're as oh, yeah. early in their careers. It's the late 70s. There's one's in The Godfather, one's in French Connection. Yeah, right. I mean, they were, like, fresh out of that shit right. just before. But they both, both of them look back fondly on that film as to, like, one of their most favorite performances that just really don't get spoken about very hard to find movie but i bought it on prime for like it's like five bucks i've been wanting to see it for years must not be that hard if you find it on prime well what i mean is like <laughs> probably laying hands on a dvd i've been looking uh, for physical copy well, we, I got yeah you. when we went through it i was always had my eye out for when we'd go to the cons i could Dude. never lay hands on a copy of scarecrow isn't that mgm i believe so yeah i believe so um so it's basically they're just a couple of hobos like you know thumbing across country trying to open a car wash in Pittsburgh. Um, it'll remind you of Midnight Cowboy a little bit. Um, 
But all in all, it's not bad for for the cool part about it was watching them try to outdo one another because they're both hungry, young, up and coming. They know they're about to be superstars, and like they're certain scenes, you can see them trying to outact, like outdo each other, <laughs> like you know, grab the spotlight. So it was you know, right. That's pretty cool. So my my recommend would be Scarecrow. If you guys if, if you guys want to you know dig deep. Go find um, Scarecrow with young Al Pacino and young Gene Hackman. I believe he's 77 or 78. That's what I'm saying. No, I think it's like more like 71, 72. Was it? Oh, oh yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. Um, I, how about I, you, brother man? I, I, don't, I have a recommendation, but I also have a sidebar. <laughs> have, have you seen the, um, the director's cut of Godfather 3? Uh, I have not. Coda, no, 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 the, 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 the whole, the, the, what do they call it, like the Corleone Coda or yes, whatever? The, Michael, the Coda. I have not. I have curious. not. I want, I'm I, I really want curious to, of how it is because... I, uh, I want to, it, they, it, it literally, I didn't even realize they had released it on home video towards the end. It, it showed up towards the end of my tenure at Blockbuster. I mean, at, at, at uh, Best Buy. I'm like, holy shit, this is out. Um, so, no, I have not. And okay. if it weren't for me getting shit canned from the company, I would have bought it with a discount by now. Um, so I'm curious about that. So. I, yeah, I, I saw the end. Curious. I saw the end of it. I came when I came in. Uh, Mom and Dad were finishing it up because they rented it on demand, and I uh, saw how it ended. It's, I heard he made a little bit of changes. Oh, he made a change. It's, it's a completely different ending altogether. Really? Uh huh. Because I saw that in the theater. Me and it's, only, it's only like twelve minutes difference. It's, okay. Other than that, it's like the well, same movie. Well, funny enough, what it sounds pretty huge. It's a long. It's a three-hour film. Yeah. Um, I just rewatched them all a year ago. One, one of one of the film effects biggest fans, Nick Brownheller, and I actually went and saw that in the theater. Like I think the, the Christmas Eve or the day after Christmas. It came out on Christmas in 1990. Right. Yeah. We went to Golden Ring. Nice. And I remember his mom taking Man, us to Golden, Golden Ring getting a lot Ring. of love on this show. Right. Yeah, Too he, bad they ain't been around for 20 plus years. <laughs> right, yeah. But just, well, I saw a lot we of movies We can't bring them back. Damn. Yeah, yeah me, me and Nick saw, and like, I remember walking out there like, man, it just didn't feel right. You know, it just... Oh, no, that movie's garbage. It's, Sophia yeah, Coppola, so I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, stick so to your Sophia directing. really throws that fucking movie. Stick to directing and not acting, please. Yeah. It was supposed to be Winona Ryder, wasn't it? Yeah, but she dropped that because of a frustration. Straw. She was just overwhelmed with projects even though she put out Edward Scissorhands that same year. But we're not going to get into that. Yeah. So what's your recommendation? My recommendation is based on a true story, much like Blow is. Uh, it is um, Walk the Line. Walk the Line is a personal favorite film of mine. I just watched it not long ago. It's a Johnny Cash uh, film, it's right? John, it's based on Johnny Cash and not ne- not necessarily Johnny Cash's career, but the life love life between his him, life. Yes, between him and June Carter. Mm. Yeah, I mean, what, uh, I, what, what I thought was cool about that was like, Theirs is a classic American love story. For you sure. know what I mean? Like he was a he was I don't want to say obsessed or infatuated with her, but he had a but fondness for her for, as a child, hearing her on the radio, you yeah. know, with her husband. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then he's like like fate intervened and you know, the universe has collided. He got to saddle up to June Carter. And did they die like a week apart? Yeah. Yeah, it was really, it was very, really close. It was very, like, that means they said, something. I think yeah. June died second because she died of a broken heart, they said. I remember that. Pretty the buzz. much, man. So, yeah. yeah, no, big ups on you for that. Yeah, yeah but, so, but you're right. It's not so much about his music career. I it's haven't about, seen about the movie the since the theater. theater. Exactly. It's a really, really genius film and they, when it comes and, to... And, they, and they, they, they did have a genuine love for one another. They did, through thick and thin. Yeah. You know, she put up with his bullshit, you know, when he got all... You know, 
banged up on perks on his birthday and lit his backyard on fire. Yeah. I don't think they depicted that in the film, did they? No. They didn't light his backyard on fire, but they pushed the tractor into the mud. Right. right. <laughs> he, he, he set his fucking, he burned like an acre of his own land all fucked up on pills. Yeah. You know, so. around that time. Um, Real quick for my weekly recommend, uh, my recommendation uh, comes from Stephen Hopkins talking about 1993's Judgment Night. Big, Judgment Night! Big fan of that Ju- film. Shout out to Stephen Dorff, Cuba Gooden Jr., Jeremy Piven when he had hair. Dennis Leary. Dennis Leary. Sp- Everlast. There's that Dennis Leary connection. Everlast, the guy from that... Brooklyn Homicide Show on Fox who turned up in that movie. Uh, I'm, uh, Emilio! Yeah, definitely shot to Emilio, but um, hell of a soundtrack, hell of a movie. I saw that at Golden Ring Theater. I saw it when it first came out on VHS, but I did it from Blockbuster. I've never seen it, but it's really funny. It's one of those movies that I remember the front cover of because of Blockbuster. Oh, yeah. But... <laughs> well, the, 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 I remember the soundtrack was making a lot of noise back in the day because it's what they used to call fusion music. It's where they kind of merged hip-hop and metal. They started it and then, like, spawned it a few years later. Right. With the electronic right. uh, saw that and, and too. Actually, metal. No, I saw Spawn at North Point. I saw Spawn at North Point myself. I was actually, I actually saw Spawn at a uh, sneak preview. I saw it at New North line. Point, which meant it was at the last run. Buddy mine, run. Buddy mine got preview passes for it. And I remember... Um, answering some trivia and winning like t-shirts and a hat and stuff. I had like a spawn t-shirt, baseball cap, fucking buttons and shit. <laughs> All because like they're like the one of the, one of the you know the hosts of it or whatever was like, oh, asked uh, what franchise got New Line off the ground. I just stood right up and went Nightmare on Elm Street. And they're like, yeah, come that on now, get a fucking t-shirt. House of Freddy built. That was that was, was before Freddy they had that iconic New Line. Um imagery at the beginning of it mm-hmm. like it yeah. was literally just new line that connected to each mm-hmm. other in black and red the red text yep. the, yeah, red, the red and black text <laughs> yeah yep. alright so let's talk about the film this week I'm just gonna say we're covering Blow and I'm gonna play the trailer yeah right we're doing Blow about now at a time when America was ready to party look if you really wanna score I got the guy Barbie I don't nickel and dime you want it or not we'll take it you know how much money you can make with this stuff back east? One man knew just what to do about it. Seems really risky. Eric, she's a stewardess. They don't check her bags. I need more. I need more. I can't believe we're stealing a plane. How much will you be making? All of it. Columbia. I can't feel my face. Senor Escobar wants to see you. We're going into business together. I want to start right away. How much bigger can we get? Sky's the limit. Three million. I counted it twice. 2.5, I'm sure. Where do I put it? Try to close it. We're going to need a bigger boat. Hello. Hello. I'm George. I know who you are. El Americano. I'm great at what I do, Dad. I mean, I'm really great at what I do. Let me tell you something, George. You would have been great at anything. Anything. I bring you in. This is how you pay me back. This is business. Who introduced you to Pablo Escobar? Huh? Me. You need to straighten your eyes out! Take it easy, George. You have a daughter now. Are we gonna get split up? No, don't even say that. It's 
So this is it? I hope not, Pop. So, digging into this goddamn legacy, um, you know, I like to follow up and do these little, like, watch, read the reviews and stuff and see how the general reception was. Well, for starters, Blow underperformed, mm -hmm. and we're going to get into that later on in the Indeed. appropriate category. Um, and because of that, I'm looking here at 55% Rotten Tomatoes based on 136 reviews. That's pretty, uh... It's a pretty weighted average score, as uh, I'm reading here, kind with the general right consensus saying, with elements of that seemed borrowed from movies like Goodfellas and Boogie Nights, Blow has pretty much been there, done that, despite another excellent performance from Johnny Depp. It also becomes too sentimental at the end. Uh, Metacritic's got this right around the 50-50 mark, with 52 out of 100, based on 34 reviews. Um... Penelope Cruz was nominated for a Razzie, Worst Actress. <laughs> Holy and shit. You didn't know that? No, um, I didn't. She earned it. I was about to say, I tend to agree with that, actually. After <laughs> rewatching it yesterday, yeah, I was yeah, like, I got some, no I got some notes about it. Um, yeah. Ebes gave it two and a half out of four stars. Uh, his Ebes. biggest issue with the film. His biggest issue Ebes with the film is George thing. Young. Um... <laughs> And yeah, I mean the film. It didn't really have much of a legacy. It, it, Personally, it, it, I mean I love it. We adore this film. So we're talking yeah, about it's, it. It's flashy. It's like cocaine on the screen. Um, and it's worth acknowledging too, real quick. You know, we did it for fucking thief twenty times last week. Happy birthday to bloke. Turns twenty tomorrow. Jesus, it was twenty years ago. Me, wow, dude. April sixth, two thousand one. Oh wow. Okay, yeah, it feels about right. So fuck it, let's talk about uh, first-time viewings. Uh, it's, it's just that. You see, this is actually uh, my, my first time. No, no, my for It's my first time uh, since my first time. So technically, that's my second time. And I don't, I don't, I don't want to suck at it. So if I'm not up to... Uh, we'll start. Who wants to go first? I got a story. He'll go last. You want to go first? <laughs> <laughs> The f the story actually kind of um. You said that it came out in two thousand one, and it made me realize the first time I saw it was in two thousand six. Actually, oh wow! Didn't see it until five years after. Party and, to uh, the party. Uh, <laughs> well, a good friend of mine, uh, Drew Barnes, actually introduced me to the film. Um, yeah, and shout we out to you, Drew. It. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know you, buddy. Thanks for getting yeah. my brother connected. And we, well, we had watched it in Colin's back room, and I loved it, like, immediately. And because I didn't, I didn't think too much of it. I have no personal loyalty toward the story of Pablo Escobar or George Young. I didn't really know too much about George Young in particular at the time. So I just had fun with Johnny Depp having a good time being an absolute god at what he did <laughs> during that time. Mm -hmm. Like, everything that he did was very calculated. Everything he did was very you know, in depth and, in, and like intriguing to me in particular. So, right. Definitely. Know. Made you want to smuggle drugs, didn't it? Uh, it made me want to definitely read about it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, pick up a copy of the book for your brother, for Christ's sake. Uh, You're welcome to it. Uh, for I, me, I do need to read that though. I 
Actually, this was a blind buy for me. Came out on DVD. I started working at Blockbuster. The Infinifilm disc, right? The Infinifilm blue. Uh, the, the Infinifilm DVD, correct? Um, and I just started working at Blockbuster, and they were having a sale on their used DVDs, three for fifteen dollars. And I remember picking out two movies. Don't ask me what the films were. I don't fucking remember them. But I needed the third film to complete the sale, and blow just. I, I was actually turning was the it, rentals into, you know, used copies, and I happened to have Blow, and I was just like... Now, the, the question I have for you, you had the Infinifilm disc. Did it? Did you get the actual Infinifilm case with it, too? Because yeah, the white one. The holographic case, though, is really dope. Yeah, the, 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 the that, metallic silver uh, yes, background. Yes, yes, that was really cool. And then when yeah. it came out on Blu-ray, it was just a fucking matte red back, like the, the poster. Yeah, every it, time I see that, but that's it's the like, theatical the poster. That's yeah, not it what was the theatrical poster. Like laying across her lap. It's the or same design. It's just it's no longer the the Blu-ray puts the actual poster in. It's like a red carpeted background. Whereas yeah, the Infinifilm two. disc, because it was like glitch, it, gl- it, it, gl- it, it was. It, it was that's what I'm looking for. It, like, it popped. It, it popped. Stand like, out. All the glitch. I don't think I'd ever seen a white DVD case before that movie. No. Or after. I'm not, I can't think about it. Yeah, well, a, they've Disney had plenty shit, of films that put out. That was different. also like a marketing trait back in the day. Like, that shit sticks out. You want to fucking buy that shit. Right, like, oh, wow. Out from I, I remember buying else. it. I remember, like... Like, uh, that's good PR for when, them as when, well. When I, when I bought the Infinifilm, I remember what it was. Like, my, you know, at the time, my Nana was like, you know, when she got her Social Security or whatever... And I wasn't working at the time. She so she would like she got her her money at the beginning of the month and needed to run errands, so she would call for a cab to pick me up so we can get her and I would help her you know go to the store or whatnot. And um, she wanted you know play some bingo for a couple hours. I'm like, man, earn your bingo. Go ahead. I helped you go to the dollar store or whatnot. So here we 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 got her. I got her situated to, at the 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 bingo hall down in Dundalk. And she's like, here's you know, she gave me some cash shoes. Go, you know, do something for a little while and play some bingo. And I walked down to the Blockbuster on Mayor Boulevard and went right up. But I, I bought the I bought the Infinifilm disc. I just have a memory of buying that, being out with my nana while she's playing bingo. Yeah. I don't know why, but it's it's a fond memory sure. I have of my grandmother. Rest, you know, God love her. Rest in peace. Um, but yeah, my nana bought me the cocaine movie <laughs> for helping her run errands on a, on a Thursday afternoon. Well, it was a good choice. Yeah, yeah. Because I never, I'm like, what's this Infinifilm thing? Oh, cool! I press a button during the movie and learn more about it. That was the first Infinifilm release, right? Did they didn't was do it? many? Did they? Yeah, they did actually. Did they? Yeah, really? they, yeah. That was the they, only they one ever had. They did. It, thing, yeah. um, it was a cool thing. John Q was Infinifilm. Freddy vs. Jason was Infinifilm. Pretty much every big New Line Cinema release that came out between 2001 to 2004 or 2003 more or less was Infinifilm except Secondhand Lions and they're and they're which isn't a bad movie no it's um, not it's, it's not. a very good movie underrated um, but their, their gimmick was hey during the film we'll give you a, a prompt you press your remote button here's some trivia and we'll and for a movie you. like this it's pretty necessary like cause it's uh, yeah. based on a true story uh, yeah so now by, it was by ahead this of its point time. Though, I had already seen it because I saw it in the theater and I had read the book at that point, but I just, you know, I wanted to bring it home. So yeah. I got it somewhere. <laughs> so you have a story for your first time viewing? Yeah, as a matter of fact, um, <laughs> I saw it literally opening day. Uh, we went to the 11 o'clock show that night, that Friday night. Um, Sidebar, what made you want to see it opening day? 
what about this film at the time was like you got to see it? Uh, well, what the, the fuck do you go? think? I mean, look, I was uh, I was mid twenties. Okay, I was partying. All right, I was you know doing some things, and the the trailers intrigued me naturally. Okay. You know, because you had like like the main trailer, and this is this is could be part of my story here. Um, the trailer hooks you with that shot of uh, Johnny Depp walking through the airport with the cream colored suit, the turtleneck set to uh, set to Black Betty. Black Betty, lamp, right. lamp. So, so here's my story. Okay, me and Kahuna, you guys know Kahuna. Yes. Right. Uh, both of us were working third shift jobs at the time. So we were working like a midnight to eight type shift. Okay. okay. But we both had off on Fridays and Saturdays. So I got off. He got off at like 6 a.m. I got off at 7. He was working at like a warehouse job. And I was working at this. I was a desk clerk in a motel right up the street here. Super 8 in Essex. And um, so he picks me up. We got a whole day plan. Like, yeah, we just got paid today. Blows coming out. So... And again, I'm 25, 26 years old at this time. So Kahuna picks me up, and we got to run some errands. We and and I'm not gonna lie to you, we pre-gamed for this event. You know, we're just gonna call it pre-gaming. That's all we did. We pre-gamed. We pre-gamed. Well, not we. I wasn't there. <laughs> me. Well, me, <laughs> me and Kahuna pre-gamed like champs. Okay. So while we're out running, our, picking up all of our party favors for the pre-game, if you will, we stop. At, you know, I have. I remember he's he's driving his big green F one fifty truck he used to drive. He's double parked in front of the theater. He, he like he parks there so I can go buy the tickets for the you know for the show that night. You know, so we we pick up the tickets like ten hours before the show starts. But at the time, I'm literally wearing like a wide collar like silk like white silk like bowling shirt, right? Okay, okay. Uh, these cream colored pants. And I got my stepfather's legitimate 70s brown leather jacket on. Like, straight up, like, looking like a disco pimp. And I, I'll i never forget, I'm walking into, into White Marsh uh, I want two theater. of your finest tickets to the cocaine movie. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. So, so I'm walking in, I'm walking into White Marsh Theater. It's middle of the afternoon, so they're not busy. Yeah. Right? And I remember... Like, oh, you didn't go to Golden Ring? No, no. This is what we saw at White Marsh. Oh, they were but I, rem- I remember... Right. I distinctly remember, like... Because, you know, when you walk into... You, you you got a good 50, 60, 80 feet before you get to the ticket counter. Yeah, right? you do. So, I come in, and there's just one, you know, young kid sitting behind the counter. Young black dude. <laughs> right? And I come strutting up. And granted, I've been up all night because I just got off my date, you know, my night shift. Kahuna picked me up, so we went and got a little loose, you know, as we're doing our thing through the day. So I got a little bit of a buzz on, and I come strutting up, and I'm not even halfway to the ticket counter. And this guy looks at me, he's like, you're here to see Blow, aren't you? (laughs) Because in his mind, I'm strutting through the theater like Johnny Depp is strutting through the airport during that scene. Like, he legit, he's like, you're, you're here to see Blow? I'm like, yeah, give me two tickets for the 11 o'clock show. But he straight up, he said to me, you're here to see Blow, aren't you? <laughs> I shit you not, Kahuna will attribute to the fact. I can, but I yes. can imagine you and Kahuna getting off of that. And, so and, like, and, <laughs> and like I said, we pre-gamed the hell out of that day and went to the 11 o'clock show that night. So Were you wearing sunglasses when you bought and, the tickets? When, when I walked into the theater, absolutely. I, I wanted to buy the tickets. Hell yeah, I'm strutting <laughs> down. My hair wasn't really long. 
but I was still strutting down there with this wide collared shirt, white pants, you know, 70s jacket on. And and in my head, I'm hearing, you know, I'm hearing, you know, that opening chords from Ram and Jam. And this dude looks at me, he's like, You're to see blow, aren't you? <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> Must be written all over my face. Is there anything around my nose? <laughs> Well, but that's that, that that's my story. Is the is like I don't know. It's just a cool story. Let's talk about Here it. Here we go. All right. So the film kicks off with the Rolling Stones. Can't you hear me knocking? Can you hear me knocking? As we watch seventy-one release, uh, Sticky Fingers. Oh, which oh, uh, music trivia for you guys? Uh, yeah, yeah. But the cool part about that album, um, if you ever look, and it, it, it the the first one got pulled from the shelves after a couple a couple of weeks because if you've seen the cover of the album, it's just a close-up of, I'm pretty sure it's either Mick or Keith Richards, it's a close-up of her crotch and wearing a pair of tight jeans, right? It's literally all you see is from like waist and knees. It's like a zoom-in. But the first release of Sticky Fingers, you could pull down the zipper. Like there was an <laughs> actual zipper on the cover of the album. I remember, really I remember like, I was a kid and somebody's sitting there at Walmart. Yeah. I mean, at Kmart. Oh, this is neat. So yeah, uh, can't you hear me knocking from uh, Stones? As we uh, we watch Colombian workers, both old and young, it's make... also my my favorite Rolling Stones song. Is it really? Can yeah. you hear me knocking? Makes... Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. You're good. Make powerful cocaine powder from scratch. Yeah, with... you see it from you see it from from. You see from, them picking the plants and then doing the whole stomping the pace, and soaking. Yeah. Uh, sort of like making wine at the stomp into really there, really and then before it's turned into a putty-like substance, and then finally turned to powder after being evenly spread and sat under lighting. And we continue to watch them brick and stamp the drugs before being loaded and transported to the airway to Johnny Depp's George Young. Yeah, you see, literally, you see it go from jungle, from the jungle to the streets, and the and, and it kind of reminds me of that um, the opening to. Uh, was Lord of War where yeah exactly the manufacture of the bullet you see the life of a bullet you see the bullet being made made until it gets fired yeah exactly it reminds me of that like in the first very similar it it, it brings you up to speed in the first 90 seconds Um, like this is this is our story this is our product here's how it is and yes it it lands in George Young's hands so we got you got Johnny Depp's happy dancing ass and then we see him trying with the trying it out with his old friend Dooley and Kevin Gage is Kevin Leon. Gage. She's like, who's Kevin Gage again? Wayne Grow, that son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and responding, this is great A, 100% pure Colombian cocaine. The disco shit. Disco shit. Pure as a driven snow. Pure as driven snow. Then we got Young's voiceover beginning as he introduces himself to the audience before going back to George's childhood with Tuna. We're introduced here to his parents, Fred and Ermin. Played by, Irma. it's Ermin. Ermin? Her name's Ermin? Ermin. I thought it was Ermin. That's Ermin. Okay, okay. My, played my by Ray Liotta and Rachel Griffiths. Funny enough, Rachel Griffiths only four years older. I was three, I, three or four years I, older. I, I have a comment yeah. about that okay, later cool. on, but yeah, she was only a couple years older than Johnny Depp, and she's playing his mom. Yeah, when George asked Fred if he can go to work with him, and then we cut to the dinner table where Ermin Ermin's yelling and hollering to Fred about not having any money or being the middle class worker he claimed to be. Can I also say that the kid shows no emotion? You know, Jesse James? That's the kid who plays okay. the young. Yes. Okay. He, he's, he really shows no. He's kind of like a blank slate time. in that scene. He's just kind of there. He's just kind of like, and then he drops like really dope lines, but it's like 
could, Jesse, it's funny characters. you bring him up because Jesse James actually, <laughs> he had kind of a like a rolling career from two thousand one. Not the same. <laughs> he went. He went on to rob banks with his brother Frank. Different one. No. This Jesse James in particular had kind of a childhood career from 2001 starting with this up until about, I think the last thing I saw him in was X-Men The Last Stand, that uh, Brett Ratner one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, for them five years, he was turning out movies. But it started with this one, so I think that, you know, if he's a little green, he is. Uh, so yeah, she's giving him shit because, you know, he's not bringing in enough money. Um, we kind of see a seeing later on the film mirror this one she ends up taking a bus out of town <coughs> and then she ends up coming back home at christmas merry christmas i'm back only this time when she asks george for a hug he refuses of up course until, up until his dad makes him give her one here. you just come home to open your fucking presents yeah george is definitely team dad mm-hmm. all the way oh yeah definitely definitely i got notes about that too uh guys. next we watch fred that's his dad filing for bankruptcy with george on the way out he explains to george that this is the way it goes in life well hold on i got i, I got i got a bit on that so what i liked was Obviously, George, young George, has to witness his dad asking if anything can be done, and, and you know he he's there front and center for right, all the right. hard and shit. And on his way out, you know, you know, to cheer him up, Fred's like, "Well, let's go get some ice cream." But with George, young George is like, "No, Dad, I really don't want ice cream." Like yeah. he refuses the ice cream because he knows it's an expense that Dad can't. Afford. He don't want to be baby. He knows it's a, it's a serious it's not, situation. Not only that, what it, but what I'm saying is he knows it's a serious situation and he wants to be there for his dad and not downplay like a kid. He right. wants to be an adult, you know, and stand up and be there for his dad because he knows his dad, his hero in a sense, is in a fucking rut. He's, He's in a rut, yeah. And he, say, he says sometimes you flush, sometimes you bust. When you're up, it's never good enough. And when you're down, you never think you'll be up again. Money isn't real. It doesn't matter. It only seems like it does, and that because and what happens at that the is end? My favorite quotes of all it's, time. It, 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 it hits it really heavy, is, yeah. but it really said, hits he heavy. Said, like but, it makes, but life goes on in the end. Right, life goes on in the end because yeah. at the end of the day, you can't take it with you. Like sometimes you're and and sometimes your boss is something that I still quote to this day. Yeah, like for I, real, yeah. man, for real. You see, it's right there. I wrote it yeah. down. The one and thing, the one note that I have for this scene here is the filter, color filter. Really. Yeah, because I, coinc- I think it perfectly coincides with everything taking place in the fifties and sixties. It, 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 it takes you back a to that. Bright. Yeah, so, like from what I remember, it ain't that sharp. Like it's, it's definitely like, a filter. It's it's like kind of like an older camera. The, being, the whites yeah. or whatever, you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So okay, I, I didn't I didn't pick up on that, but now that you mentioned, and it, then I when you it. and then it cuts to Manhattan Beach in a, in a little bit with uh, Depp and Tuna growing up. Now it's now we're. Except for the it orange tint for it representing the sunshine, right, sunshine right, state and shit. Not sunshine state. That's that's Florida, <laughs> but the sunshine, you know, sky that they're always right, under. But um, yeah, he says it, uh, he never wanted to live like his father. We watch him and Tuna move out west to Manhattan Beach, California, in the summer of 1968 with three hundred dollars and a black TR3. Which, by the way, Ethan Supley? Is that how you said yeah, it? Yeah, Ethan Supley. Oh, he was a big dude, man. He was a big... you seen him now? He's, yeah, he's, he's, he's in the hunt. He's in the hunt. Oh, is he really? Shit. Yeah. You, is, he's in that movie? I've seen the hunt twice. No, three times. You the got first time your, I saw you, you the hunt... You got your uh, voodoo, voodoo in it? Okay. The first time I saw the hunt, 
I didn't know that was Ethan Supley. He's caught like a bag of dope. And I'm like, yeah, dude, he Ethan Supley's in there? Bro. And then I, well, my second time around, I'm like, holy shit, that's Ethan Supley. No wonder I couldn't fucking point uh, him yeah, out. Yeah, man, that dude, he like, good for him. I mean, I was yeah. always concerned. Like, ever since fucking mall rats, I'm like, this guy's going to die of a heart yeah. attack before he's 30. Remember the Titans as well? All right, so when they get to their apartment, their small one-bedroom apartment, as mm-hmm. it's put, Tuna spots Barbara and another girl named Marie smoking up on the balcony above. And then the story transitions to the beach where George explains how everyone was relaxed and full of new ideas. Use words like right on and groovy. It's also established that all the women are stewardess and that everyone loves to smoke pot. It's their 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 common interest. California was like nothing I'd ever seen before. Hey, where's the beer? People were liberated, independent, full of new ideas. They use words like right on, groovy, solid. Women were beautiful. And they all seem to share the same occupation. I'm a stewardess. I'm a stewardess. I'm a stewardess. I'm a stewardess. Yeah. On the airplane. The way they established the the stewardesses was like they literally did what, what, what Demi does. And it was being done, I don't want to say all the time, but quite a bit. Um back then was the the whole documentary like talk to the camera style shot they did it in the doors yeah 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 you the montage I mean? of all the girls like, stewardess well, like he's, he's yeah. telling you the story and all of a sudden the girls are speaking directly to the audience so it's all like you feel like for a split second there you're watching some guy walk around you know Felt manhattan right. beach with a super eight cam yeah talking to the you know to the blondes and the bikinis and stuff so they they had this this documentary thing the, right. the, that uh, when any time they, they they kind of flash back or you know glossed over events in the '60s, rather than just voice over it or montage it, they had these characters speaking to the camera directly, like you were watching an, like like a like like a like a news clip. Yeah, you know what I mean. Does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. Yeah, it's just, it was a thing back then. I don't know why. Uh, then. Tuna comes home one day with a large brown paper bag full of pot, quote-unquote pot, with George and Barbara that relaxing in bed, and they start giving him grief for buying skunk weed, but he don't yeah, care. Like, he wants to sell it anyway. Uh, like, what, do we do for, like, what do we do for money? Because we don't want to get jobs and whatnot. <laughs> <laughs> I so, forget, yes. This I is forgot when. about telling tell us all yesterday. Like, and I was we in don't want to get jobs. What are we going to do for Since money? I moved out to California. I don't want to get a fucking job. Yeah, fucking job I'm going to just sell some wheat. I'm going to sell some wheat. We don't want to get jobs. Gonna we got to pay the rent. I'm a civilized human being. Here. So this is when Barbara <laughs> speaks up and mentions knowing someone if they're really serious about it. Uh, this is when we cut to Paul Rubens, Derek For Real. Now, um, Derek For Real is Pee Wee Herman himself. Uh, well, yeah, he's based off of Richard Burreal. Richard Burreal. Richard Burreal. Right. I yes, have that yes, on Richard here. Richard Burreal and Richard Burreal kind of went gung ho on this shit, as well as well. We'll get to uh, yeah. Carlos later. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Derek For Real is based off of an actual, and he didn't look like Paul Rubens at all. Oh, it no. was cool to see Paul Rubens. Like I'm sitting there in the theater that night. I didn't I'm like, know that. holy shit, that's put. Yeah, Derek For Real is. I mean, uh, Richie Burreal, kind of chubby and like like dark curly hair. Hmm. I mean, yes, he was a hairdresser. Okay. Yes, he was a successful drug dealer. But he he did not look like um. Yeah, he's, like, he's, like the, obviously we're, you know. We're, but he was like a hairdresser. They got the etiquette down. Uh, yeah, he's a, he's yeah, a hairdresser he with his own salon. His, I don't think he was flamboyant the way the Rubens played him, though. 
I don't think Barrio like was, was. He didn't have a little ring finger, a little with a bell on it. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, the way that, the way that Rubens plays a character is like he. You could go either way. You don't. Is, is he gay or not? We don't know. You kind of assume it, but. It's the late sixties and he's a hairdresser. He's probably batting for both teams. You know yeah. what I mean? Right. Um, so Derek sends out all the ladies in the back room, then talks to George and Tuna all alone. Fucking talk to the boys. <laughs> so that's where you get to. That's where you're on the fence when Derek says, boys. So he first tries to get them to admit that they're cops with the old entrapment trick before pulling out a, a massive fucking bag full of pot. Big. What, what the fuck is that? <laughs> It's your pot. It's, it's your, your pot. pot. I don't right. nickel and dime. Right. <laughs> um, you want it or not? The, the two are a little take it back at first. <laughs> yeah. It's a um, fucking, it's probably, what's about five pounds? They take it and leave. Well, and then I have here in my notes, quickest meeting ever. Yeah, I know, For right? first time right. handlers. Right. It's like, you've just met this these guys. And, like, and you, you just, just hand them, them like hand a five pound bag of fucking, fucking pot. garbage bag filled with and weed. And trust them that they're going to pay you back. Right, I was going to say, they didn't, it's like, there's it's no all, transaction. He it's throws the, the bag arm. and they Am leave. I right? Yeah, I mean, like, that was, I noticed that yesterday too. I was like, hmm. That's a lot of weed to just be giving somebody that you don't fucking right. know. Just cause, just cause, somebody else. Because <laughs> your friend's been dating a guy for a couple of weeks, you're going to trust him with five pounds of your weed? But that five, also, that also brings up... A couple weeks up, easily. That right. also brings up a flaw in the film that I feel like is kind of like repeated throughout. It's right. like lazily told stories where they're just like, all right, well, let's just get this they're, out of the they, way. I have, I have, a, I have. It's understandable that. why they do that because they have a bigger story to tell. Right. I mean, was, but I have. Some, I like have. The, the book itself, so it's it's almost four hundred. We yeah. will be coming back to so, this. So it goes into more detail on how all that went down. Like like I said, and it, um, like I, it was more than that. Yeah. When um, George and Tuna, and for if you didn't already know, Tuna's real name is Tuna. The guy's. You know, George's best friend, he really right. wasn't even Tuna. Um, Tuna Wainrow, or Wainrow. Um, <laughs> but yeah, when they met Richie, Richie Burrell, it was a little more detailed than that. It wasn't just, you know, three I'm minutes. Sure. Hey, here's your big old bag of pot. Yeah, I'll sure. see you in a couple of weeks with the money. But for uh, a but movie's sake, you had, you had to move the show. You had to get you had to get. It's you had a two-hour and three-minute long right. film. You, you have to it's, keep it you know, Ted Demi wasn't able to do Snyder's four-hour Justice League. I got all the time in the world to tell the story. So they had to move on. So then we get a, the first of, I never really noticed before but this watch, there's a lot of fucking montages in this movie. It really is. There's all, so we have first of a bunch of montages of the, uh, the two selling pot around town, including the lifeguards, while George's voiceover explains that they were more or less kings and that if you bought grass, you bought it from them. He was called Boston George. Boston George. That's right. So then we got George and Barbara having a moment together on the beach where George tells her that this is it and this is where he wants to be in life. Then we got George coming home to his childhood friend Dooley and Tuna ripping a bong on the floor. Uh, it's not a bong, man. It's what we call a steamroller. There was no water in that. So you know what a steamroller is, I remember right? what a steamroller is, yeah. Yeah, it's... it's man, I, I got notes because you know who plays Dooley? It's Max... Max uh, Perlick. Yeah. Yeah. So Max Perlick's got a monster three-foot steamroller ball. He's just got his hand on the one end to carb it. It's like he's huffing through, like, imagine making a bowl out of the tube that your Christmas wrapping paper comes in. And that's what this dude is smoking out of. 
Yeah. I mean, he's way, he's just he way late. He's, he's like, oh, I'm so stoked. He is way, like, good. way, way <laughs> big, oh, good. way big. You're so good. Good. You're stoked? I'm fucking high. He's like, I'm, he even forgets what he's going to say. And George, like, George is I'm like, stoned. stoned. And, 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 and Tuna's like, good. <laughs> good. Um, Dooley convinces them to Yeah, because Dooley sell. says you can't get shit like this back home. Yeah, he says uh, that they can make so much money doing it, especially at schools and colleges. Right, man, I wish there was stuff like this back at home. Yeah? Fuck yeah! You know how much money you can make with this stuff back east? Yeah? No shit, Kev? That's right. Yeah? Yeah, when there's stuff to move, it's too easy not to. Do you know how many colleges there are within a 60-mile radius? UMass, Amherst, BU. Smith, Hampshire. And, right, and Holyoke. 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 There's 100,000 rich kids with their parents' money to spend. There's never anything around. Nothing good anyways. I'm spending 400 bucks on shit. Yeah? It's West Coast. It's good West Coast Cali weed that you weren't getting in the Northeast right. of the United States. And Dooley's like, these guys, you know, kids back in Boston, I'll pay top dollars for And I, I love how they did point out the colleges because colleges is definitely where oh, yeah. you're going to make. That's oh, where you're going to make your back. Oh, nice. <laughs> Especially what was it, sixty kids who have their parents' money who have no regrets in the world, and they, and they don't, like, and, and they got money that they, they, they don't have expenses that they need the money to cover, so yeah. they throw the money away on beer and yeah. wheat. And what what is it, sixty eight, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so George has a plan that he's already negotiated before talking to Derek about it. George wants Derek to be his partner and that he'll make 50, 15 grand a week. Yeah, because they're moving 100 fucking pounds. Every time she goes, what she takes, like 25 pounds in a bag? Two bags. That's all I call it was two bags. Yeah, 25. So what they're going to do is they're going to smuggle it uh, through Barbara since she's a stewardess and right. no one checks her belongings. At 500 um, pounds. Foolproof plan, right? <laughs> Until Dooley keeps meeting for her for more and more. She's only one person that can only carry two bags. He says that they're missing out on so much that it's a feeding frenzy. Well, what, 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 uh, what I dug about this too is when is when Dooley's meeting Barbara every time. It's like not only it's set to uh, Cream's uh, Strange, Strange Brew, yeah, Strange Brew, and um, but but every time there's the meet and the handoff at the airport, it does a freeze frame for about a split yeah. second. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Which like it moves and it boom, it's it, it freezes. And then it moves to her coming back. Boom, and it freezes again. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's and it's just constantly more. Anymore. Right. It's, it's, yeah, you, you're hey, of, Kevin, how you been? I need it's, more. It's got you. Yeah, he's like, I need more. He's like, <laughs> I need more. I got a feeding frenzy on my hands. Yeah. Um. After collecting their hundred and twenty-eight thousand dollar profit. Yeah, but which they, because they, they, she couldn't she couldn't bring any more than two bags. These guys had to get them Winnebago and drive the weed across country. Yep. They see it, loaded up. They know established where they are, but you know where they it's are. Boston. There's snow. There's snow on the ground. Snow. Yeah, exactly. It's established you've gone from the west coast to the east coast. I noticed coast. that there's no location card at the bottom. Yeah, no, no. It's a, he, Demi, Demi relies on the intelligence of the audience to figure out, okay, I just showed you the sunny coast of California. <laughs> Now you and and I just had now it's, know, it goes from orange say, to blue filters. I need, I need more. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It goes from a a, a, a light filter to a dim filter yep. um, on the color palette. Definitely. Yeah. And you see this Winnebago just kind of pull up outside of what looks to be dormitories with snow it's on the ground. It should be assumed it's got snow on the ground. I right, mean, it's right. obviously so, northeast. But and and yes. you see when it, you don't even see you don't even see um. Uh, 
George and Tuna get out of the Winnebago. You see no. the Winnebago pull you up. You see two people you, come out of the house like college kids. Right, and, they, and they, it shows Winnebago pull up and then a custody inside of the house. So it's up to you to do the math and figure out, right. okay, A, we've gone from California to Boston, and B, so has George, Tuna, and a shitload of weed yeah, in this fucking um, Winnebago. Like a lot more than they would have ever smoked. Right, you couldn't. You, she, yeah. It was just not enough for Barbara. Barbara couldn't So, they count in the morning, collecting their, their, their profit, and then George starts to rethink the setup and Wait, says middled. that they need, a, they need a source. Cut to... Puerto Vallarta, Mexico. 1969. Thank you, Sean. <laughs> Mexico trip. Everyone asking around for pot in a hilarious <laughs> sequence. Yeah, everybody's I love that um, sequence. L, yes. L, L, Como L, marijuana. <laughs> Donde esta Hey, do you know pot? where I can find any marijuana, little girl? Like, <laughs> right. Yeah, it's a little girl. Tuna, <laughs> yeah. Fucking tuna is a little <laughs> girl where to find the weed. <laughs> and Derek's not even asking people. He's just there. Like, he's just eating popsicles. Right. Like, he's oh, just fucking there. I, I have here. I love when okay. they ask Derek. He says, you didn't ask yet. I didn't <laughs> ask yet. yet. <laughs> I'm just here. Eating a fucking popsicle. Um, eventually, they find a man who takes George to meet Santiago Sanchez. Mm-hmm. Who buys? Who sells four large straw bags of weed to him for fifty thousand dollars? They're fucking. They're they're barrel sized bags loaded to the brim enormous. with pot. And, and George is always saying, "He's like, I'll take it." He's like, "He's all of it." All of it. He's like, really? "He's like, I think we're starting too fast." He's like, "I'll come back no, in a week with a plane." As soon as he even says it, he's, he just gets frustrated and starts speaking out of some. He calls him loco. He calls him loco. But no, it's just, I like, love. I love how like Depp like does that side starting glance fast. All of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll take all of it. He's like, like I'll take it. He's, I mean, do you blame the guy? You never some met him before. Ama- some sketchy American jumps the border and asks right. for all of your pot at your disposal. Like, who the fuck are you? Right. Like, Hi, how you doing? My name is George. I'm from Boston. I'm here for that 20 pounds of weed you guys sitting there in your yard. If you don't mind. <laughs> so you got George and Dooley still in a plane, and they fly down to Santiago for the pot. Instead of fifty thousand dollars, George brings him seventy five thousand instead. Remember the fifty I told you about? I couldn't get. It. I brought you seventy five. And it's funny because before he tells me it's seventy five, he goes, "I couldn't bring you the fifty thousand. He goes, oh, and he's like sitting there so thinking about it for us. Do you think maybe you should not wait as long to tell him what really brought him? Can I say Dooley can't land a fucking plane? He tells me he can't. He, says, he's like, yeah, yeah, he, he, he admits like, it though. Take off. It's the landing. It's the landing. That's, and the yeah. next shot is him trying but to get on the fucking ground. I love the fucking mariachi music playing while it's happening. It's great. <laughs> Get her welcome. Um, yeah, I've always loved the orange flyover shot in the desert with Tuna watching them and shit. That's a cool shot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, then we got a Christmas party set to my favorite jazz artist, some Louis Armstrong, where uh-huh. George and Derek pose for some pictures before we quickly cut to 1970. And George and Barbara have now bought a nice new mansion for the two. We see everyone partying and having fun while George explains how it was a great time in their lives and how it was perfect for those seven people. Now we're at a dinner with George and Barbara and George's family, his parents. His mother's uh, telling him to get get the new ring he bought for Barbara and Shord. And Rachel Griffiths is delivering, and she's an Australian if I'm not mistaken, but she has got a fucking terrible accent. In this movie, am I right? Her Boston accent. Her Boston it's the worst. Accent. I mean, it's, it's the worst. It's. I mean, they're. And yeah, she's she's Australian from they're, Melbourne. They're, they're not, I'm, I'm not saying they're easy to do, but they're not exactly hot. You know. Yeah. I mean, but, not not really. Yeah. Not <laughs> you, just, you park you park your car in the yard, right? Yeah. You park she, your car in the yard, right? I mean, it's back there. 
<laughs> guys, we're sitting here talking about her being the worst, but you motherfuckers are giving her a run for her money. Oh, Jesus Christ. Come on, give me something. I, I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Yours is even worse than Rachel Griffin. All right. Um, yeah. Let us know, gang. Film Effect Podcast at gmail.com. Yeah, I'll break your fucking car. <laughs> uh, I love this bit here where um, she's calling in front of Cheapskate and she's like, you know, George, tell your father about Layaway. And he just goes, uh, Layaway. <laughs> that is my favorite. He's like mid-bite. He just looks like he's dead. Layaway. And he like even raises his eyebrows too. He's like, yeah, Layaway. Layaway. It's a great thing. Yet he slides a stack of cash to his mouth. Well, yeah, I have here. Suddenly Barbara's nose starts to bleed so George rushes her, rushes to her and the two leave early. And this is where he leaves a wad of hundreds for dad in a funny he's movie. Very bad. Is that all hundreds? He's very bad at hiding the fact that he's a drug dealer from his parents. <laughs> yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. <laughs> it's, it's no bones about it. Oh, shit. Then outside, Barbara asks George if he'll be okay with her not going to Chicago. Um, backtrack. Chicago is basically the next deal set up. That's where he has to go. And she was going to go with him. But he apologizes for his parents. Um, she said that they were cute. He asks her to promise him that they'll never be like that, and she does. And then we see George taking various mug shots in Chicago of 1972. He gets busted while handling the deal himself. When the judge asks how he pleads, a very slouchy George responds with one of the greatest bits in courtroom history. George Young, you stand accused of possession of 660 pounds of marijuana with intent to distribute. How do you plead? Your Honor, I'd like to say a few words to the court, if I may. Well, you're going to have to stop slouching and stand up to address this court, sir. All right. Well, in all honesty, I don't feel that what I've done is a crime. And I think it's illogical and irresponsible for you to sentence me to prison. Because when you think about it, what did I really do? I crossed an imaginary line with a bunch of plants. I mean, you say I'm an outlaw, you say I'm a thief, but where's the Christmas dinner for the people on relief? Huh? You say you're looking for someone who's never weak but always strong to gather flowers constantly, whether you're right or wrong. Someone to work with each and every door, but it ain't me, babe, huh? No, 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 it ain't me, babe. It ain't me you're looking for, babe. You follow? Yeah. Gosh, you know, your concepts are really interesting, Mr. Young. Thank you. Unfortunately for you, the line you crossed was real, and the plants you brought with you were illegal, so your bail is $20,000. Uh, you know it's a Bob Dylan. It's a, it's a plan. No, it's Bob know. Dylan and something else, I, I believe. Because I've read... It's, it's from a Bob Dylan song. I, I know the Bob Dylan, but I thought there was something else no, incorporated into that. I, it's Dylan, man. It's Dylan all the way. Um... Later that night, George is bailed out by Barbara herself. He's surprised to see her all the way out there to see him come back, you know, get released. He says the lawyer said that he can get it down to five years, but that he'll only serve two. Barbara tells him that she doesn't have two years. It's revealed here. It's not revealed that what she... It, it's I, not revealed at all. It's it's very. She's well, they, sick. They, they, they gloss over it. I mean, she it's gets cancer, the, she gets but the nosebleed it's, at, at Christmas. Yes, at the yes, dinner. correct. That's so like okay, yeah. there's our first trigger. Something's up with George's old lady. And then the next scene, she's gone. 
Right. Then he, she's like, well, the next scene, she's like, um, I don't I'm have not going to be here. They, by had, the time they had that beautiful fucking circling pan shot with the two embracing and him like just. It hits him like, Super oh no! It's, yeah, I, I have here is the truth. Like this moment always makes me tear up. Like I fucking this scene crushes me. And he's just like, what are you gonna fucking leave me? <laughs> yeah, it's he like, realizes and then you here. see he's it through just the facial expressions. Like the so first time, fuck. like the he's the, the, the and then that like, lethal weapon ass music playing. Time ain't much shit for George, but. It's the fact that while he's doing that time, he's probably going to lose a love of his life while he's in there. That's the first time you see him realizing the consequences of his actions. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he's like, okay, shit, man. This, you know, what I'm doing is going to fuck some shit up. So yeah. George says losing Barbara was a game changer and that the gang broke up after her passing. He said he skipped his hearing to take care of Barbara and hadn't seen his folks in two years, so he decided to go home to see them. George's mother is the first person to see him when he gets back. At first, she's cold, but then embraces him. He has a drink with his old man in the other room. He asks his father... Let's, 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 let's talk about something here, man. I mean, I get it. Um, you know, everybody's cast for their talents, but seeing Johnny Depp, Ray Liotta... And Rachel Griffiths in the same scene. I'm not thinking, you know, mother, father, son. I'm thinking 20-year high school reunion. Everybody just said, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, everybody looks to be the same fucking age. Well, I had to think about it. I actually haven't looked it up myself. But, like, what's the difference between Leota and Depp? how much fucking drugs Johnny did. Or, well, not Johnny Depp. Depp's George 50, Young's character at this Depp's point. 57. the film... They start to like really fuck with his skin as the film starts. Yeah, to but go either along. way, either way, when you when you look at even sitting there in a theater, without, ten years without, apart, without, without that being a thing, like I mean, the, when I'm looking at him, I don't see that much of an age difference enough yeah. to to consider, you know, mom, dad, son. Like I said, it looks like you know the Rachel Griffiths and, and Depp. That yeah, but I buy Depp in real little. Really at all. I buy I them mean, too. I mean, towards the later of the film, yes, because they, you know, they're they, they, here. They, I mean, Depp's got that baby face he's had for the last, for the first yeah, forty years of his yeah, life. Yeah. I mean, he's still like thirty six in this movie, for yeah. Kirk's sake. Um, but can, can we talk about how we never see Tuna again? Like Tuna's. Yes, just, I was gonna gone. say, like, dude, Tuna was a fantastic you, character, and he has just do, gone. Do you know what happened to that dude? No. Guys named Tuna Wayno. Okay. Shit, you not. Um, George caught back up with him. After a while, um, apparently he wound up buying. I guess you got a note here. He wound up. Uh, he wound. Up, he wound up buying property in like Cape Cod, right? But then he got mixed. Apparently he might have got mixed up in like Scientology and shit. Like okay. yeah, like like Tuna did well for himself after walking away from the whole weed thing. Um, but uh, yeah, dude got mixed up, and they might have got mixed up in Scientology. He just kind of disappeared. Not only from the movie, but but he didn't get locked up. There was no like yeah, right, right, yeah. He 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 didn't have the run that he, George did. He was did. like yeah, he, he was, was like I made my money. I broke my bread. Right, he was I'm there in the beginning. Young. He reaped the pennies as a twenty. You know what I mean? He's in the early twenties. I'm still living young, a high life. Yeah, so I'm still young. Yeah, I'm basically so he, a millionaire. He kind of he kind of walked like, away, took his money, and made and, you know made good with it. He bought a house and a boat. You know, back in you know his hometown. Well, good for him because he's definitely a great character. In the film, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, sideswipe. Sorry, I just wanted to bring that up. Like, like, Tuna's, like, just gone. So George asks his father if he's mad at him, but he says he isn't. He just doesn't understand it. 
George says he's great at what he does. His father says that he would have been great at anything. George then notices a car pull up, so he runs upstairs and locks himself in a room. It's the police, obviously, because the Mom's next scene... A fucking bitch. He's brought well, outside in say, cuffs, and his mother admits them out. Well, I to also... call in them and ridicules him while he's being taken away, and then... I have here on my notes here the look at Dot the, the look at Depp's face when she reveals it was her like you were saying uh, when they're drinking and they're uh, you know talking and, right. and he says may the wind always be at your may it may, may the says, wind always be at your back may the, and the sun, sun always upon shine your face. upon your face may the winds of destiny carry you aloft to dance with the stars yes. like that's a fantastic quote. Like that's definitely. And he brings fun. it back too. At the yeah, end, it's at the end. It's at the end when he's dying. As 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 basically, it's like an Irish toast. You know that, right? I do know. It's Irish. Oh, you? I did not know that. You no. did not know that? No. Yeah, it's an Irish toast. Okay. I mean, just the wording. It's Irish, thick and thin. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely an Irish toast. And my my um, I mean my my uncle Joe, my grandfather, they were, you know, big into our heritage, and they used to have, you know. Shamrocks and shit. My, my, fucking, my uncles had a goddamn phone in the shape of Ireland for Christ. <laughs> but there was—I remember that being th- that quote being on more than one green painted wooden plaque around the house. Yeah, yeah. Like I've I'd seen that quote around my fucking grandparents' house for years. And then at the end when he's this getting is arrested, a fucked up his scene. mother just yells, "You need to get your life straightened out!" Like, oh my god, dude. What else it. did you expect me to do? Like, I was so fucking angry. Oh god, that. I hate her. I mean, uh, I never liked Rachel Gray. And then she tries to redeem herself with the fucking jab at the end of lib. Like, what are you looking at, Mrs. Parker? Your, your son's, son's no prize. Yeah, your son's no fucking prize. This is all because he doesn't hide the fact that he's a drug dealer very well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's like, yeah, so, I'm, uh, I'm something. George Makes locked up every day. <laughs> it's during this stint that George meets Diego. Diego keeps getting him to tell him what he's in for. And George says murder. This changes Diego's overall demeanor. Demeanor, exactly. Uh, he even acts scared later on in the cell when, when he's trying to comb, comb his, hair, his hair, fidgeting with the comb. Yeah. Uh, nine months and he's free. George has 26 and that's when Diego calls his bluff. Uh, yeah, 26 months for murder. He's like, I got a really good attorney. He's like, he's like, he says, I must meet your lawyer. I must meet your lawyer. I must meet your lawyer. Right, right. Your I lawyer. Lawyer. Now, Diego's based on uh, Carlos Later. Later. Who yep. has uh, a, not quite the legacy that Pablo Escobar um, has or George Young, but Later was a heavy hitter. He's got a Wikipedia page. He yeah. must be something. Well, okay. So, you know from Wikipedia. I mean, I knew it from the book. So yeah. Ed knows it from the internet, but um, yeah, later was a motherfucker. We'll get into that later on. We talked to Norman, talk about Norman's cake. Norman's I got a couple K. stories about Norman's cake. Norman's yeah. I got a couple. I got. I I, I, I got stories to tell you about Carlos later and Norman's cake. I'm gonna wait till we get there organically. Okay. But you guys are gonna like it. Everybody's gonna like it. So George needs to get out early. So Diego suggests teaching inmates uh, how to read English. Uh, it's not really established what it is. Well, he's like, I got to get out of here. He's like, I, I, I got to get out of here early. He basically and he's says, like, I only teaching. know two ways. You can either escape or, and then it cuts to. Cuts to then, you know. He laughs. He's like, you can escape. <laughs> right. Yeah. Or, and then the or is where you see them teaching. So they're, they're just being amazing. Giving him shit. Uh, George Washington. G- G- 
what, what would you call it? A, a GED? They're basically doing a yeah. GED class. Yes, they're, they're in school. He's like, and the, and the inmates are 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 you know, like pushing back on him. Like, I'm gonna fucking sit here for I'm this a shit. Fucking criminal. He goes, what about? He's about how about half the time I teach you about this George Washington character. The other half I'll teach us how to smuggle drugs. Doing this shit to get some time cut off. The fuck? Why not? Listen, I want to get out of this shithole as quickly as fucking possible. But for me to walk early, some of you's got to graduate. You should forget it. You're hopeless. Go to sleep. <laughs> Fuck you. See you in the shower. Jive-ass turkey. Now, the rest of you guys might be able to get diplomas and get jobs and you get back on the outside. Shit, I'm in this bitch for life. Motherfucker, I'm a criminal. Ain't nobody giving me no fucking job. Well, let's learn some criminal shit, too. Tell you what, I'll make you a deal. What about half the time I teach you about this George Washington character? The other half, I'll teach you how to smuggle drugs. You don't know dick about smuggling no drugs. Oh, no. I was arrested in Chicago with 660 pounds of grass. Damn. I think that qualifies me. How the fuck you get 660 pounds of weed? Flew it in from Mexico on a single-engine Cessna. And the look on Diego's face, he's like, wait, huh? what? Okay. <laughs> wait, what? Like he puts it together like, wait a minute. Okay, that's what this guy's in for, and he's going to be an asset. Yeah. He's like, he was arrested, what, with 660 pounds of weed in, in Chicago? Hey, George. George. What? Listen to what you say to the class today about this modeling. Never believe you were a murderer. I knew you're a Mexico. I'm tired, Diego. Go to bed. You know, in my country, I'm a Mexico. A man with a dream. A man on the rise. To take nothing and make it something. Do you have a dream, George? Well, I would if I could get some fucking sleep. Do you have a dream, George? I would if I could get some fucking sleep. Dansbury wasn't a prison. It was a crime school. I went in with a bachelor of marijuana, came out with a doctorate of cocaine. cocaine. So George out again. This time it's explained that he's living under conditions of his parole and that he has to live with his parents. He calls Diego at a payphone. Diego says that he needs to meet people. George explains that he's on parole and Diego says that he'll be in and out and back before anyone even knows he's gone. Yeah, in and out to Cartagena, Columbia. Yeah, 1976. what the fuck? Boston to Columbia and back sneak out of my parents' house, right? Said, not like, only that, sneak <laughs> out of the state, sneak out of the country <sighs> and get back before the PO checks up on you. Live and they don't even fucking go back home because, okay, so we're here. Uh, he meets Diego. Then they meet with a cartel officer named Cesar Rosa. Uh, negotiate the terms for smuggling 15 kilos worth $600,000 just to establish good faith. Clothes. And in he, the and suitcase. He brings, he brings a pilot with him, right? That's the next... That's not yet. Oh, no? Okay. Yeah, okay. Not. Sorry about that. Because, uh... He's like, what's in the suitcase? Rose is obsessed with fucking clothes. He's like, clothes. He's like, clothes. In the suitcase. Will they be your clothes? <laughs> Women's clothes? Like, I need to know the details. I'm trusting you with a very, lo- a very large amount of my drugs. I need, I need to be able to trust you. I'll uh, cut to Logan International Airport. 
George smuggling two bags through customs while explaining how it's important to think of anything but going to jail for a very long yeah, time. Yeah, he thinks about like a party or an into sexual encounter. He thinks a fun party or a moment of triumph or even a sexual encounter. Yeah, just something to keep the smile on your face and keep your thoughts elsewhere. And we see the, the customs agent go through his bag and he finds the panties and he's like old habits. Yeah, old habits old die hard. Uh, then he successfully gets through, goes to the payphone, drops the bags. Diego's there waiting, picks him up. Everyone meets with a pilot that George brings in. Pilot named Mr. Stevens. Uh, Rosa, interrogating the shit out of him. George tries talking and he just shuts him up real quick. He even tells me, he's like, who are you? Yeah, yeah. Right. Like, what, are you, what are you Why doing? are you speaking? And then suddenly Stevens bumps it up a million dollars. He suddenly wants two million Yeah, he wants more. And, and what, um... What, what what's the guy's name? The, the the cartel guy? Rosa. 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 Rosa demands like photos of this guy's kids. Yep. And the school. Like fuck this dude, man. Yeah. This guy he wants needs to know fucking everything business. about He's like, you. Yeah. Give me pictures of your kids. Give me give me the name of their fucking school. If I'm gonna put all this product in your hands for you to fly out of my country. So while this is all going on, we got Diego's there with his girlfriend or fiance or whoever the hell she is, and she's just going off on him. He starts hitting her and takes her into another room. Um, yeah, this is when Rose, this is the whole thing of you were talking about the Rosa uh, asking Stevens about his children. Um, I've always thought this Rosa character was heavy. Like, he's very blunt, but yeah, man. Yeah, the, the guy's an enforcer, man. He's a and guy he, I just fucking hate, though. Yeah, you don't, you don't he's like He's not in dude. it much, but his weight is a lot. Yeah, it he's carries. Very, like, yeah. He's on the screen. He feels like. Um, like you know, what it reminds me of is um, F. Murray Abraham's character in Scarface. Yeah, uh, what was yeah. his name? Sosa. Sosa, correct. Was it Sosa? Yeah, yeah he would Sosa. know. He would know more than me. But yeah, he's yeah. like he's like he's he there. He's him, like the yeah. enforcer. Mm-hmm. But like, he, just his presence like intimidates the shit out yeah. of you. Uh, so Diego, while he's locking his girl in the room, has George do him a favor. A small favor. Small yeah. favor. Go pick up pick 50, up 50 kilos. kilos of yeah, it's cocaine. It's not like I'm on parole or anything. In Miami Beach. Small fucking favor. It's not like <laughs> parole. So then we see, uh, we cut to George being thrown up against a wall. And a very Scarface scene. I just want to say. Yes. That. That Thank so you for bringing that up. Because I was thinking this morning watching it, like, wow, all we need now is a fucking a bathtub chainsaw. and chainsaw. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. So yeah. So so But instead, we get a gun in the mouth. He gets kilos yeah. three weeks. And he says my favorite quote. He he looks at him, he says, open your mouth. And he goes, get fucked. Get fucked. Get fucked. Uh... He says he wants his money by Friday. Tossing the bags to George. Sent him on his way. Then we got back at home. George gets a phone call from Diego. A very awkward scene. His mom's standing right there. Like Yeah. <laughs> yeah, mom's there just like, like side-eyeing. Mom's there just watching the conversation take place in no, person. No, what the fuck is going yeah, on the no, other end of that phone? Dude, like, no she's way. got nothing but contempt for her But phone. then we got Diego also <laughs> dropping a bombshell of his own that he's locked up and <laughs> can no longer be in business prison. for this. It's like... Thanks for picking up that 50, that 50 um, kilos. Yes, now it's on you. Because I'm doing time in a Colombian jail. How did he... They don't explain how he went to jail, though. No. Well, I mean... Just, no, they did. They brush upon it. They said that he had a wild... Pablo Escobar says that he goes... 
He mentions it in a conversation steals in the Pablo. He steals cars. That's right. He boosts cars. Oh, so that's, that, that's cars. how yeah. that's Pablo mentions it in a sentence, yes. He's, he's a big Diego stole a car, so he, he got he, When he's talking about him being a, a, like a liability, that's when he mentions Okay. He brushes I, upon no, what happened. I didn't happened. pick that up last yeah. night. So, so Pablo mentions that like Diego got popped for, for GTA, I guess. So, yeah, Diego tells him he's on his own. So, George immediately turns to Derek for real to go in business with him. Then we got Bobcat Goldwing. Bobcat Goldwing. And they're testing the purity of the fucking stuff. Yeah, and so yeah, pure coke. Yeah, they're, they're, what, what he's doing to test it, though, what I, what, what I thought was like, I'd never seen this before until I saw this film 20 years ago. And it makes sense. Yeah, it does. Um, he's got it on like uh, he wants like, it to like, be 140 for the quality he's got it on he's got it on almost a, not quite a hot plate but he takes a little bit of the powder and he puts it on something where he can measure the the heat that as it goes up and what you see is pure coke melts away at 140 185 to 190 degrees cutting agents cut at 100 quality product is about 140, and that's what they're going for is and 140. They, right, they're aiming for 140, and the and the he's watching temperature is 130. Good, 140. 140. Fuck me, Fuck. running 160. 160. And then it keeps going and up. Then and then all of a sudden he's like getting worried. He's 100, like 170. 180. 187. 187. Fucking degrees. 187 degrees, pure Columbia. Okay, he's like, let's do something. And the first thing that comes out of his head, he's like, can, can I try some? So, <laughs> this is some top tier shit that George has. Yeah, Derek, I can't feel my face. He says, I can't feel my face. I mean, like, I, I can, can touch I can, it. I can touch it, but, but I, can't I can't feel it from the, the inside. inside. Yeah, I can't feel it from the inside. <laughs> Derek says it'll take a year to sell when in actuality. You shut my door after two he years with 110 pounds of blow. It's going to take me a year to sell. He says, what the fuck do you want me to do? He goes, sell it. Well, <laughs> it takes him 36 hours. 36 hours. We see you, these you two celebrate with a toast. Market, my friend. It's going to take as long on a cannon than it did to sell <laughs> We cut back to Matt. Uh, t- cut back to Miami International. Three days later, George meets up to deliver the money he owes when he's taken to Dean Columbia. Dean Columbia to meet Il Padrone. 1977, where Diego's there waiting. He tells George to watch what he says when we meet Esco- Pablo Escobar. We see Pablo talking to a guy from a distance, and then when Pablo walks away, his guard casually comes up and shoots him in the yeah, head. Man, that's he just so fucking, dope. He oh, like dude. shakes his hand. And he just Pablo walks turns away. back, and the guy gets popped in the fucking head. Like Pablo, the fucking like, blood that splays on the ground. Right, like, 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 oh, like I imagine that dude for a moment. Like when I was watching it last night, I'm thinking like that guy. Like, all right, wow, whew, okay, I feel reassured now. Pablo just shook my hand. Six seconds later, his brain across a goddamn wall. It's revealed that he was an informant. Yeah, for those of you living on the moon, how do you not know who Pablo Escobar is? Uh, so yeah, during this, Diego is asking George about who he's in business with, but George continues to refuse to reveal Derek's name. Uh, now, can you imagine being able to instill that much fear in people? Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like That dude just blew his fucking brains out And now he's wall. walking over and he wants to talk to me by myself. Yeah, like, he like, asked. I'm fucking like, hesitant to take a casual conversation. I'm hesitant to take and a walk in the back like, Even when he's like, you gotta go meet with him, he's just like... Yeah, I don't uh, really want to do this by myself. But, <laughs> finally, he's like, breathes. He's like, right, fuck it. And just walks up. But he quickly loosens up after Pablo asked how he was able to sell 150 kilos in a day. Because of this accomplishment, Pablo turns to George because he needs an American that he can trust. You need an Americano with balls. That's what George says. He needs someone with balls and that he needs someone that he can distribute and sell. 
They go over this and that, with George occasionally referring to Diego as his partner. Pablo warns him that Diego's a problem because he goes and gets locked up for petty things when he could have been holding on to drugs while there being apprehended. Sure. Through all of this, George still stands tall in his word that Diego's his partner and will only do business alongside of him. This earns Pablo's respect, and when it's announced that they're now in business, Diego screams out in excitement yes. as we get another flashy montage of yes. their success. Yeah, it's it's all like those 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 quick shots, right? Like the, this like, is my those. favorite montage though. This one's set to uh, Manfred Mann's Earth Band's cover of "Blinded by the Light." Blinded by the light. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and it's it's all like, it's almost like you're looking at photographs. Am I right? Which, it, yeah. It's, it's that. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's that it's, scene, right? It just shows yes. like quick shots of them. I also handing it off, doing the lines. Real quick, when, when Pablo them. and them are talking, Pablo also points out the fact that the biggest export for them is coffee, bananas, and coca. Coffee, bananas. Yes. Well, he calls like, it mota. He calls mota. it mota. Okay, okay. But, but like, yeah, that's like right. their biggest. He's so like, like, our, he our is, three exports he, are fucking... <laughs> And God. so, for those that don't know Pablo, like, he was very big into his country. He was very big into bringing any sort of export that he could. So, he is, like, super desperate. He, he definitely, he's definitely, he was definitely the Robin Hood. Yeah. Of, like, he took care of that, like, like the people in Medellin. Took care were, of his people. Were, they were not yeah. going to dime out on so Pablo like, he is, he is, like, this is not just, hey, I want to make some extra money. Like, no, he I would, need he, he you would, to go he, back he, to America. He's, and I, 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 would, I need to improve the status of living for, you know, my community, which is what he did. And, you know, like, ironically enough, the guy, he got so extravagant because yeah. he had... You know, so much. Well, let's face it, a guy had fucking money to just and throw And just to give you an idea of how, like, invested in his country is, this dude's driving around a shitty Wrangler. I just want to point that out. When he pulls up with George in the fucking car, he pull, jumps out and he's got this fucking beat-up Wrangler. This right, yeah. Wrangler. <laughs> but he built, he built them, like, three soccer I mean, it's, it's stadiums. 77. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and you know that they're overrun with wildlife because of, like, he had all these exotic animals on his compound that, you know, now that... Escobar's, you know, dead no and, and gone, yeah. and the whole, you know, cartel got shut down. Like, these things run, ran, they, they created like an actual problem. Like, there's yeah. now rhinoceros, <laughs> there's now rhinos in Colombia when they weren't there before yeah. because Pablo Escobar had money to spend. <laughs> it's funny <laughs> enough. We're introduced now to George and Diego's house of money. It's a boat. By inventing the Coke market. We're going to need a bigger boat. They decide to take their millions. Well, hold on, hold on. There's um, there's, there's a great line in there where he's like, cocaine exploded upon the American culture like a fucking atomic bomb. It started in Hollywood, and it moved east, east in no time, which it really did. Cocaine was everywhere, and there's an 80% chance, 85% chance 85%. if he did it in the late 70s that it came from them. Boom. Uh, Diego's wedding. Yeah, they don't even no. count the money in that scene. They weigh it. And then they you take notice it. They, they take yeah. it to international currency. And then he quotes, "I love it. I give you thirty million dollars. You give me this book. Yeah, <laughs> you give me this little book." Uh, so at Diego's wedding, George sets his eyes on Martha, who's there with Rada, um, Rosa, not not Rada, Rosa. Quickly, I timestamp this shit. Hour and two minute mark. Before we meet Martha? To Pil- yeah, Penelope Martha. Cruz. Penelope Cruz. Was this her first American feature? Because she, she well, don't so, speak uh, the language. Well, Open really. Your Eyes was 97, and I think that was her breakthrough film. Well, the that, original was, that, Vanilla that, Sky. that was still Spanish language, though. 
And then she did Vanilla Sky. She like replayed her she did in this Vanilla Sky. Captain Corelli's Mandolin. I never saw that. And um, and Vanilla Sky around the same time. I mean, two thousand one, two thousand two. Obviously, she's got a she's like Sevilla Vergara. She's got a she's still got that thick accent, but she doesn't speak the language too good in this movie, man. Maybe that's maybe that's how she's playing the character. I don't know. Um, but that was that like that was my question. It's my first time ever seen her on screen was in this um so i just took away from it yeah i want to say this was her first like big breakthrough american film english language yeah um at first they introduce each other with smiles she already knows him as the american when rada shows up saying that he's being asked to be seen by augusto and his guys when asked how much more can be expected from his services george says the sky's sky's the the limit limit. and what he says is it's accepted by artists and Actors musicians. and musicians. I haven't heard. The men hilariously take it seriously. He's joking. And they're all like, actors and musicians. Like, actors and musicians. Like, you hear all the guys. Gonna, like, like if, if they accept it, then it's, it's going to be the look nationwide. Like, yeah, because he picks up on it real quick. nationally exactly. accepted. If, if the artists are into it, then the people are going to do it. Yeah, uh, want to emulate the artist. Yeah. And then he starts noticing Martha some more. She goes outside to the main hall as George excuses himself and follows. Then the two begin an affair, but George doesn't care about the severity of the uh, situation due to his connection to Pablo. He says that he was untouchable as a red-filtered sexual encounter kicks yeah, off. The, the, to the, another the, montage. It's kind of like a giallo red type of... Yeah. Like... like like dissolve and fade image overlaid like like, like sex montage kicks yeah. off montage number three <laughs> uh then they have <coughs> this we see them have a mansion together because george's parents come living, to visit they're living fucking large mirth is well. now pregnant uh but that's not stopping her nostrils from sucking down all the booger sugar it can Right <laughs> outside, we should call him a hypocrite. Yeah, a hypocrite. Yo, why you be such a hypocrite? I quit smoking. <laughs> like it's cool. I put down the cigarettes. I stopped and I doing the cigarettes. The I'm, so, like, uh, I'm still doing the blow. Fred tells George outside that he knows what he's up to, but he's not going to stop him. And then he couldn't if he wanted to. He's like, don't bullshit me, George. Don't waste my time. Don't. I don't see you that much. I, you come from my body. Remember, you're my baby boy. He says you know, it's. it's you, if, if, You'd jump off a mountain if somebody told you you couldn't. He yeah. says it's yeah, good if it makes you happy. He's got five fucking exotic cars in that driveway. It's nice, five. It's nice, nice to have. Right it's nice to have nice things. He says. Right. Yeah, it's, it's nice, nice to things. have nice things when. That's what you say when you don't know what else to say. Right. When you know what the so, fuck is going on. But right. we're from the moment we were introduced to her. Like I said, about an hour and two minutes. To this point, it's only been like 10, 15 minutes, and I have my notes here. Things with George and Martha happened a lot quicker than I remember. I thought it was a lot slower, like a transition between the two. No, that's also what I have written down. Like, it's so... It's, it's very it's, snappy. He, he just, it's he's, very he's snappy. Glossing over, Demi's glossing over a lot of... You kind of have glossing. to. Yeah, you do. You uh, do. So we're back to another hotel in Miami says, Beach. I also want to point out the fact that when they're out there talking... He's, he just looks at his father looks at him and says I don't like I don't like it it's not what I would have chosen for you but I couldn't stop you if I wanted to could I and he just laughs and he's just like no, no you couldn't, not. You couldn't. <laughs> this is what I decided to do 
All right, so another day, another motel in Miami Beach with George and Diego waiting for their next deal while Diego's driving George crazy, D- asking about the fucking up, connection. D- D- exactly. Diego's starting to, he's, he's getting high on his own supply. Own supply, yep. Sales being made while this is still going on, making the sellers tense up, leading to a minor Mexican standoff of sorts with George being shot. After they buy their drugs and leave, George tells Diego that it's Diego, that, that, um, Derek for real is his partner. And they also downplay the bullet. Yeah, he gets shot like, <laughs> right there in the collarbone area. Yeah, that's that that didn't really happen to George. Young, no, it didn't. It he did didn't, not. He, he did, that was that was dramatized for the story. He never he never got. And then uh, cut like to next scene. Uh, George, uh, Diego, and um, Derek meet face to face. And we have a New Year's Eve party. Uh, George meets Augusto and then says, uh, and then he says where Diego is. He bought it all, including an airstrip where he's went into business for himself with Diego. So Diego's fucked George, like completely. Like, hey, I know your your fucking partner is. Dude, I'm gonna snatch so, him. So this is this, and is he's that also Norman's... asking who Norman K is. Right, quote and, and this is, So what it is is Norman's K was literally this, like Carlos later, and the kid's only 27 years old at this time. Yeah, he was young. He was he wasn't even in his 30s, but he had made so much money. With you know the, let's face it, the creation of cocaine in the country, okay, between you know him, George Young, Pablo Escobar, they literally they were in the, they were in the empire threat. business, okay. They're not in the meth business in the empire. They're not in the coke business. They're in the empire business. So yep. they made so much fucking money. This kid, he bought a strip of land. Okay, instilled his. He had his own landing with strip. its own landing strip. No, no, he had that built. We, he has one regardless, whether well, it was saying, there or but, not. But no, but he's I'm, got I'm one. telling you, this is right. what happened later. Later, buys it like a fucking island. Okay, builds his own compound, hires his own private army to patrol this compound. Okay, this is how much yayo this guy is moving. He has a landing strip, like an actual runway, built. And there's a there's a story that that they tell that 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 um, Young tells in the book that um, do you guys know who Walter Cronkite was? Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Fucking yeah. news guy. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So there's a story about Walter Cronkite being on vacation on like a, like a like a he's like on a like he's in, in on the south of Florida or whatever. He's on a deep fishing like he's going he's like fishing for marlin, right? And Walter Cronkite's charter boat got too close. To Norman's K, they opened fire on fucking Walter Cronkite. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah. Later's goons just started firing across the bay. So that's wow. like later had he had 27 years old. He's got like the one thing he doesn't have to worry about is how he's getting high because the cocaine is right there. Yeah. There's a whole room full of fucking money. So he's just throwing it around. The guy built an island with a landing strip and an army before he was 30 years old. So George calls Derek and asks if he's wearing lipstick. <laughs> Derek says he doesn't. Because I'm getting fucked. I want to make sure my face looks good. <laughs> says he doesn't want to be in the middle of this. And it's all business and nothing personal. He even goes as far as to say, "I love you." I can I say for whatever reason I love Depp's jacket and like the character, the jacket that he's wearing in this. I film, wasn't even in this scene. I don't yeah. know why. I just made a note. Like there's just something cool about the pattern, like the. The striping on his jacket. It's just like. And then I just put here in my notes uh, the call takes place right as the, the New Year's Eve ball is dropping. Mm-hmm. Just timing. 
I doubt that happened in real life at the same time, but you know. George goes to see Diego on his island. Diego admits to fucking over George. Hey. Happy to see you, George, my brother. No more brothers, Diego. Why do you say that? Huh? You heard me, George. Of course we are brothers. You fucked me. I did not. <laughs> yeah, you did. You went behind my back, you cut me out, you fucked me. Me? No. Never, George. <laughs> Never. Mm-hmm. I talked to Derek. <laughs> well, maybe you're right. <laughs> Maybe I did betray you a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I stole your California connection. So what? Hmm? Who introduced you to Pablo Escobar? Huh? Me. Me. Who introduced you to your fucking Colombian wife? Hmm? Me. Who protect you when my friend Cesar Rosa wanted to slice your fucking throat? Huh? Huh? Me. Who made you make millions and millions of dollars? Me. And what do I get in return? This accusations. I have always given you everything, George. Always. But <laughs> that is over now. <laughs> yeah. You know, this is my operation, my dream. So go home. Go back home. Go home. Go back to your stupid little life. Go back and sell half grams to your fucking relatives for all I care. Because you are out. Because you're out. Don't be so emotional, George. We are brothers. We are brothers. Llévense a este come mierda. Next time it's fucking loaded. Uh -huh. Bye. Bye. Diego is jacked out of his fucking head. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, have, I have in my notes, in wax. all caps, Diego is a wreck in this scene. Dude, he yeah, is dude. fucking waxed, man. He's got his men out front, outside beating Again, George. Again, Five it's guys. Not like he knew George was coming. Like this is Diego. This is yeah, what he, he, he spent every day. He wakes day, up and he just, he starts, just starts fucking railing <laughs> so all day long. George is officially out. He returns home to Martha, who sees his badly damaged eye, face from the beating that he took on Diego's lawn. He tells her that he's out after making he's sixty million dollars and clean. <laughs> I quit. He didn't quit. He's quit he and he's clean. Martha's in labor. George is rushing to the hospital to grab everything, and while banging lines and looking like a ghost in the He's process, like, it's about clean. Uh, maybe I jump the gun on clean. 
Poor. But yeah, he's he's like oh. she she's rushing out of labor and he's packing fucking hair dryers. And this is set to Skinner's that smell. This scene. Yeah, yes. it, yeah, set to that smell. And what what I dug was how right before he jumps into the cab, he scoops. Yeah, he, he, he for grabs, the road. He grabs a lady's overnight bag that's half filled and crusted over with cocaine. And he doesn't take a spoon. He takes a lady's purse, yeah, like a little fucking wallet, and scoops a bunch of fucking coke out of this thing, and just shoves his wallet full of coke in his face, and then jumps in the goddamn cab. So, uh, God, yeah, I know. So Martha, she's having the baby. He's in there watching. Passes out while she's giving birth. Yeah, um, he's, he's, Deb's face in this scene fucking kills me. Yeah, he's just fucking. He's like he's, shaking yeah, just he's, a yeah. little bit. He's <laughs> coked. To the gills. So George reveals that he was averaging five grams a day. When he, the average human could do one to one and a half. At right. one point he did ten He grams says he snorted ten, 10 grams in ten minutes once. The doctor who tends to George tells him to stick around, that he's a father yeah. now to a beautiful daughter. And he who also, plays and, who plays he, the doctor? I don't know. It's Michael Tucci, man. Yeah, I knew it's I saw that sunny, name in the credits. Sonny from Greece. And and the not quote, the world's biggest he also fan, says so. the quote that it's the greatest feeling followed abruptly by the worst feeling. by the worst yes. feeling yeah. <laughs> great, yep. I had the greatest yep. feeling in the world fucking falls the over like he sees his daughter born and he drops over from a cocaine and he's attack. like cool boom <laughs> <laughs> so, George comes home and cleans up his act immediately he wants to be a father just like his father was when he was a kid uh, set to another montage. And, and what, what's cool about see. this, what, what right. I like about see. this montage is how, because it's obviously representing George having a family. He's getting back to his, you know, it's showing a little bit of a family life. They shoot on 35 millimeter. Yes. It's very 1970s. He shoots on 35 millimeter set to uh, the Marshall Tucker Band's Can, uh, Can't You see. see. And then I have it here just, in my it notes. Feels, it, it feels, it, it puts you in, and it he's puts doing you it. in the field. He's cleaning up his, his act and everything. And then I have here, Martha looks like she's picked up where George left off. Because Martha yeah, I mean, here. Can Martha even finish that fucking cake? I uh, mean, they're having a kid's birthday party. She's got a sugar bowl full of cocaine. She's just No, that's that's the surprise party that she has for George. Right, right. Okay, it's his birthday. Yeah. The and, birthday and, and, party. And let's face it. The, it's the, a the, candy bowl full of adult powder I have in here. And and the, the face on the cake doesn't really look much like no. George or Johnny Depp, but we no. get it. So it's supposed to be. Yes. So but she, can Martha even eat a piece of cake at this fuck point? Fuck no. Fuck no. So she has a birthday party for George, inviting the old gang including Derek um Derek and George make amends Derek reveals that Diego fucked him too shocker uh then suddenly the party's busted by the waiters well again they're actually they don't cops. talk about how Derek got fucked by him nah they don't just subject just, I mean it was, it was Carlos later did did people dirty man he just oh he was he's literally just terrible person yeah to, so he's basically trying to usurp Escobar is what later was up to when pondering, um, when, when he took, when, when he took, gets busted by the waiters, he's like, "What gave away the Porsches and Maseratis and a cocaine buffet?" So I was saying, when pondering why all cocaine the cocaine buffet, when pondering, <laughs> yeah, all you can snort. <laughs> uh, let me see. One of the feds bringing out a young Christina Sunshine, which is the daughter, mm-hmm. crushes George while he's watching it. Mm-hmm. Um, then we see George making an arrangement with the detectives. Signs his statement and becomes a fugitive again. Yeah, the, the Which, by the way, was... you guys had this gigantic party with the child upstairs? Yeah, right. The cocaine it's, buffet? I mean, dude, I mean, look, I, <laughs> all due respect, guys, 
I was born in the 70s, and... It was different. My, my, I get my, it. My, my parents weren't, you know, this deep into it, but they used to... I remember I used to have to stay upstairs while the grown-ups were downstairs. Oh, my parents did, too, when we were young. It happens. Uh, I saw some Shit. straws and pipes laying around when I knew that... My parents weren't drinking soda. You're going to write your parents and, out on the podcast right I'm, now? I'm just, it's, uh, this is evidence. You think my mother's going to listen to this? Not this one. Something <laughs> happens. <Not this> <laughs> but yeah, what did he say during the during his uh, interrogation? He had the pound of cocaine was personal use. Yeah. A pound, yeah. Of, I have a pound of cocaine. For personal For use. For personal Look, use. Man. I fucking snored five grams a day. I I, I, I need, need this, this to get me through the muck. <laughs> so now, George, a fugitive, he goes and sees his father to say goodbye. Uh, what's cool though is, is is the way they shoot is like he's talking to the cop, and he goes to butt out his cigarette, and he doesn't butt it out in the ashtray. He does it on he the table. He butts it on the table, and it immediately cuts to him like as he's tapping the, the butt out. It cuts to him knocking on on the door. Like the would you think? Oh, okay. Is the sound I didn't notice the, that. Yeah. Would yeah. you think is the That's sound cool. of them uh, of him butting out the butt is actually him knocking, knocking on, the on the door? Okay. It's pretty cool the, the way that Demi does and, that. And I have here, it. It I have in my stuff. notes the dynamic between Depp and Leota in this film. It's just I think it's pretty underrated and underappreciated. Uh, yeah. George looks like absolute fucking five pounds of dog shit <laughs> in a three pound bag. At this point, am I right, yeah. guys? He looks, he looks like he looks he looks bad, shit. but later on, I actually have a note. He looks pretty fucking yeah. Hey, Dad. Hello, George. Never mind, your son is here. Tell him I don't want to see him. Tell him he's not welcome here. Um, Don't you dare step foot in this house. You know my son, you hear me? I don't have a son anymore. She's angry, George. It's been all over the news. Yeah. I just want to let you guys know that it, uh, I'm going to be going away for a little while. You're not going to go to trial? No. Okay. So this is it? Uh, so while at the bank, he's going to get his money. But it, it's revealed. That <laughs> yeah, his, all that money went to the Panamanian government since bank. the overthrow of Noriega. <laughs> Thank you, President. So it's revealed his bank account uh, here for uh, under um, uh, Manuel Noriega's protection of Panama. 
It's seized by Noriega. So Ooh. his his money's gone. His money went to the government. Uh-huh. So thank you for your contribution, Mr. Young. Mirtha starts flipping out and screaming at George at the kitchen table because they no longer have money and are officially poor. His daughter asks if they're going to get split up, and he says, of course not. And then one night... And this also brings it to the point where he is just like his father in like every way, shape, and form. Yes, yeah. I was thinking yeah. that's why yes. yeah, good point. so hard good point, not to be like his father. Right. He is exactly he, he like his father. He wants to be better than. He wants to provide a better life. And it, it would, I, I think what you learn along the same time as George at this point... You can't take shortcuts. Well, it's not so much you can't take shortcuts. Well, I mean, yes, but the money is not going to fix... Everything. The problem. Yeah. His dad had no money, and they were st- they were still fighting at the dinner table. He's got all the money, and they're still fighting at the dinner table. Yeah. You know, so it's it, it doesn't money. What, what does he say? Money means nothing. Money means nothing. Yeah. It doesn't exist. Uh, it's not real. It's, it's not, not real. Money's that's, not real. That's what he knows. So then one night, he and Martha, uh, they're driving in the road, driving in his convertible to get How into a Mar- fight. Martha snort cocaine in a convertible. <laughs> They're pulled over by police. Martha tells them that George is a fugitive and has stashed a kilo of, of coke in his fucking she trunk. About that. Dude, she is I got fucking. Yeah, she well, She's also. I used to drive a convertible. <laughs> like, let me up, gone up. Huh. This is a lot of money that's just flying. <laughs> you know, you you rode with me with the top down before. Yeah, you know. I can only imagine. Right, you really can't. All right, so now three years later, George's in prison. Mirtha comes to visit him, tell him that she's divorcing him. <laughs> Divorce the motherfucker while he's in. Divorcing, yeah, getting custody of well, Christina. I'm, I'm taking the kid, and I'm leaving you. And there's someone Good else. Good luck doing time. Oh, and there's someone else, she says. No, yeah. Not that he cares, but there's someone else. It's a fu- she's a rotten bitch all around. And then when she, well, movie. that's not even the worst, because she stands up, and when she walks out of the picture, Christina's standing right behind her, mm-hmm. so she was there the whole time. And she picks up the phone and says, she asks, I thought you said you can't live, live without, without your heart. heart. Say hello to your father. Mark. No. So, Making him feel like, like, talk about kicking a guy when he's down. You know, he's doing time. She's like, I'm cheating on you. I'm leaving. Here's a kid. She's going to tell you you're a piece of shit. We're done. Is it cheating, though, with him being incarcerated for three years? I don't know. Maybe. I mean, maybe y'all not. are married and y'all. Yeah. Like, if there's a bond. There is adultery. He's been in and out of if jail. If I had to do like, time or Mandy had to do time, it's not like. When you're with somebody and you you're know. What, you, when you're with somebody and you know they're doing criminal like activity, it's to be expected that you're. Keep going in to mind, do he's behind bars for three years because of her. <laughs> she acted like a. Mm. So she, she was bad and put him in that position. And then while he's doing the time that she caused him, she leaves him and takes the kid. It's fucked up. So George is now out, and he starts making attempts to see uh, Christina after class. Mm. Uh, eventually, he's successful, but Christina's still blunt and straightforward with him, calling him George instead of Dad. Yeah. 
she asks what he wants from her, and he says he just wants to know her and walk her home every day. Um, something they start doing. And and George George really door. really has his like heart on his sleeve when it comes to his daughter. Like it's it's he really has cleaned up throughout the book. You can feel that. Like yeah. he's 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 like it's the reason he's telling the stories. He wants to make amends in his daughter's eyes. Yeah, you can definitely tell. I mean, even I mean, in, the film, in, like, in, 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 when he tells the story in the book, it's like you feel him reaching out. Like, oh, the only person he wants to read that book is Christina Sunshine Young. Yeah, seriously, he's the only person he can give a shit about reading that book is his daughter. Uh, sometime later, when asked anywhere in the world uh, she would want to go, she says California, and he promises to make it happen before calling. She starts calling him dad again in this part uh, when he drops her off. He, him and Martha kind of reconcile outside at the front of the house. And she says to him that once that he once he starts paying child support and alimony, <laughs> then they can see what happens. She just snorted up and spent like eighty million dollars, and she's like, "Oh yeah, well once you start giving me some money for your kid, we'll talk about <laughs> it." You fucking put me in the joint. It's not about what you're doing for me back then. It's about what you're doing for <laughs> me now. What have you done for me lately? Like, what the fuck? So then we got George calling Derek. Says he wants to put together a crew. Cut to a meeting with Leon at the bar with about the job. Is that who he calls as Derek? Yeah. Yeah. Says that he wants to meet everyone involved, so they go to another restaurant where Leon introduces him to the crew, including Dooley from earlier, who's overwhelmed by the sight of his old friend. And Leon is, is uh, Kevin Gage's character, right? Yeah, Leon's Kevin Gage. So we're back full circle to the beginning. George. Now, what, what, what really went down... Is it wasn't like that quick? Like I made a phone call a couple of days later. I met these guys, and then and then yeah, all yeah. It was it was spread out, but it it was definitely it was definitely a bus. It was definitely a setup because George Young he had he he had gone straight for probably five or seven years. I can't believe he did this. And but he got the itch, so he decided to scratch the itch. Calls one of his one of his smuggling buddies from from. Boston, because Dooley's an amalgamation of a couple of dudes that... But he that, don't that, call Dooley, though. He calls Derek. No, but what Derek. I'm saying is the character of Dooley right. in the film is... I know he's not a person. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's an amalgamation of, uh, of different connects that he had um, in Boston. And they had a, more than one meeting with these undercover agents. They didn't know they were undercover <clears throat> agents, obviously. But one thing that, that he brings up in his when he's telling his life story, George Young mentions that he was too stupid to notice that the boat that he met these guys on, like the second or third meeting that they had, used to belong to somebody else in the biz who had gotten fucking popped for smuggling and was doing a bunch of time. Like, it was another Kingpin's boat that had now been seized by the government. And they used it as a front without knowing that you, that George Young had ever related to the dude. But he's like, now when I look back on it, the boat that, that me and, let's say, Dooley met these cats on used to belong to this guy who ran a bunch of cocaine for the cartel yeah. who got put away and all his assets got seized. And I should have known that. Which, I don't know, I thought that was kind of neat. Yeah, You know what I mean? Like he, it's, it's, it's right there in front of him like, you shouldn't be doing this. You shouldn't be doing this. It's not over the course of like a weekend, the way it looks in the movie. Mm-hmm. It's spread out over a couple of months that he's getting roped into this sting. And yeah, ultimately he gets stuck. So thank you, Ed, Talk. for letting me do that. Uh, 
Cut to the beginning of the airway with George excited by the arrival of the He's coke. He's doing that like he does a little Hunter Thompson yeah. thing. It's stunning. Yeah. Did you ever catch that? He does yeah. like a little HST, like a Raul Duke mm-hmm. thing when he does that. So it takes. He looks like him too. We're back at the beginning. They share a shot together, and uh, this is where George gives Leon and Dewey raises. He mark he bumps him up from ten to fifteen percent, saying he's done going to California with his kid. They toasted that. Like then he goes. Was all I wanted. Then he goes to pee. Dooley and Leon then reveal that they are there to bring him down. Yeah, but it's the way the camera swings back. Like, yeah, I have I have a note on that. It's it's yeah, it's, you, it's, it's like, theatrical. It's a steady shot. Like the the camera swings across to George going to the bathroom. It hangs for a second. Yeah, well, hang on. But more on that note, because actually, because it's 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 a whole sequence here. The guys all come back. Oh, the, the guys back. all feel bad, but the job's done. George comes out. George comes back out and notices the quiet, awkward environment, mm-hmm. and then immediately picks up on what's about to happen. And you see that scared realization, like like Depp sells it. Like this is where he sees it. Yeah. And you were you were you were talking. Remember how you said when we were talking about uh, in Goodfellas how you looked at the at the eyes of the younger character portraying the older character. Yeah. So what an actor's job is really selling it in the eyes. And if you notice in this scene, it's all like you see the the realization wash over George's face. Like you watch that process. And if you look at his eyes, you can kind of... From the time s- he sees the fact that the knife is right, there. Right, right. He's see like, the where the ge- fuck is my you knife? You see the gears turning. And then the camera pans over to both Max Perlick and Kevin Gage. And it's a close-up. It's a, a nice tight shot giveaway. on all three of them. But you're watching the emotion. Watch Next time you watch that scene, watch the emotion come out of their eyes. You see Depp, or Depp's, Depp realizes what, you know, what's about to go down. And you see the guilt in the two accomplices' faces yeah. based out of, with no dialogue. So we cut to George cool. saying, let's do it. Let's and then all it. the cops come in, uh, the entire team of cops come in, raid the whole thing. You're much better now. What's going on? What the fuck? What's, a, what's with the long faces? Huh? Where's my fucking knife? Let's do it. I was busted. Set up by the FBI and the DEA. That didn't bother me. Set up by Kevin Dooley and Derek Farreel to save their own asses. That didn't bother me. Sentenced to 60 years at Otisville. That didn't bother me. I'd broken a promise. Everything I love in my life goes away. 
it plays out like a theater, like an act of a play. This whole scene from the from the shot with him going to the bathroom and back, it's all well, yeah, one. The whole soul. set is kind of empty. And then when the co- when the cops come in and Dooley and Leon separate, mm-hmm. the camera the the lighting dims down, but it all but George a spotlight on George. Yeah, so it's like a theatrical um, it really scene. Is. And I think it was pur- I'm sure it was purposeful. Um. No, it was unintentional. Really? Uh, uh, no, just, 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 I'm fucking with you. It's revealed through narration <laughs> that he was set up by Derry, Derek and Dooley mm-hmm. to save their own asses mm-hmm. and that his little girl's promise is what destroys him the most. Breaking his that's, little girl's yeah, promise. That's, he don't give a shit about doing 60 years in Otisville. It's breaking Christina's heart that gets him. So, George's attorney comes to see him. And played he, by... Ted Demi, dude. And he and, says his father doesn't have much time, but can record something for him to hear since there's no chance of him getting any furlough due to his mom blocking it. Then they play this the, the track. You're the best, Dad. I just wish I could have done more for you. Wish we had more time. Anyway. May the wind always be at your back. And the sun always upon your face. And the winds of destiny to carry you aloft to dance with the stars. I love you, Dad. Saddest part of the film for me, hands down. Uh, and then I wrote down what you were guys saying. And then I had the note. He writes a letter to his dad. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. like, I'm every inch your son. Yeah, that's a, that's a that's a fucking heavy line. Yeah, I'm every inch your son. It's the hardest scene to watch by mm. far. Yeah, I'm 42 years and old. I says, finally realized money isn't real. And, and then, then he says the Irish tune again. Yeah, and he's, this he, time it's like with a completely different, more compassionate reasoning. Yeah, like he understands why Dad wanted the wind at his back, the sun on his face, and the stars, yeah. and the wind to blow him up to the stars. And then we see George making a recording of his own for his dying dad as we, uh, it's played out as like he's reading it out as he's writing it, and then his dad's reading it for the same wording. It's it's a nice touch. Yeah. Uh, props to Ray Liotta's old makeup artist for this scene. Yeah, but, 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 sh- can I talk about Johnny Depp's shitty putty fat suit? We're not, I have no, we're not there yet though. We're not there yet. It's, it's in here. Trust me. It's, You're it's, talking it's, about the makeup, man. Final scene with George getting a visit from his grown up daughter only to be revealed it's a figment of his own imagination. Mm-hmm. Not the world's biggest fan of Depp's old fat suit Fuck makeup. No, yeah. man. It is shitty party. It's what I call it. Yeah. yeah. Would it you looks, agree? It looks really or, cool. You can it's see <laughs> it's kind of like. They did um, a great job with Ray Liotta's liver spots on his forehead. Did, it reminds me. The rest me, of the money go to cocaine. I mean, where, why the fuck couldn't they get, get Johnny Depp a decent fat suit? It reminds me of the old age makeup in Zack Snyder's Watchmen. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. I thought about that. You're mm-hmm. talking about with um, the eyes. Um, the man, uh, what's his name? Um. Negan, right? Talking about Jeffrey Carl, Morgan. Uh, Carl, what? Oh, well, well yeah, him and um, uh, Carl Gugino. You're Gugino, right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, it's it's like shitty party. Yep. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like um, uh, we didn't have enough left over, so we just went to Walmart. And then, uh, how are we going to do this? <laughs> then, what the Halloween invention got the shit we And then we hear, there are no more white horses or pretty ladies at my door. Nope. The I've film. Had more, I've had my. I've had more than my share of poignant moments. Life passes most people by while they're making grand plans for it. 
That is a powerful fucking scene. Yeah. And then the film concludes with a photo of the real George Young with notes indicating that Young would not be eligible for parole until 2015 and that his daughter has yet to visit him. And that concludes Blow. Um, so box office receipts. In the operational funds box, we will deposit 250000 American dollars. You take it out. We put more in. I want receipts. So Blow is released April 6, 2001 from New Line Cinema. I it gave it nine bucks that day. It opened up at number three with $12.4 million right, domestic, right. going on to gross $83.3 million worldwide against a $53 million budget. Didn't make money. Rule of thumb here, double the budget with marketing and ads. There, there were a lot of people stuff. in that theater, man. I mean, granted, I went to the, to a late show that night, but it was me, Kahuna, one buddy of ours, and maybe like 20 other did, people in a, white, in, in a white marsh seats or like average, the big theater, it's like, what, like a couple hundred, 400. Right? Yeah. There the was ones. not even half the seats were filled. I think, Less than half the, I think the large theater is 406. Yeah. Capacity. I can't remember which one we saw it in, but I know that it wasn't a packed house. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It, it, like I said, it opened up at number three and then I'll pull it up again. So then, second weekend, it dropped off 35%. Came out with uh, fifth place, $8 million. Uh, And that was Easter weekend, by the way. Uh, mm-hmm. then And then second weekend, it dropped off 26. Opening it up. I mean, not, uh, coming in at number I wore six. I the same outfit to my Easter party. <laughs> <laughs> the white shirt and the cream-colored pants. I don't dress the same way the next week. Before closing out on June 30th. So it was in theaters for about two and a half months. I was going to say, it ran for what, about six, eight weeks, right? Yeah, give or take. Um, Yeah, I don't really have, I mean, looked it up, it opened up against, I have it right here, Spy Kids. Oh, and it's second weekend. Which is probably what you guys were seeing in no. the theater when I was seeing Blow, right? Never I mean, you Spy were Kids. I mean, I'm, I, the Spy Kids. Spy Kids was definitely No, like I'm not remember when Blow came out. How old were you? Blow? 20 years 12. ago. How old are you? 12. 32. 12. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't think... Yeah. yeah, you guys are going to see Spy Kids while I was buying. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> me? <laughs> fucking Me? <laughs> What's your like, Robert Rodriguez? I love I saw Robert the fucking birdcage in the theater. I saw Rodriguez, fucking though. Eraser. I saw fucking Enemy of the State. I saw the goddamn Siege. <laughs> but I was there for fucking Spy Kids, guys. That makes a lot of sense. Maybe we'll cover Spy Kids next week. No, we will no, not. We're never Start your own Spy fucking kids. podcast. You want to cover we'll that cover movie? Spy kids. <laughs> you know, Spy See, kids I was there seeing Along Came a Spider. I opened up in second place. Is that what is that what else is there? Yeah, that's what that's what your weird ass would have been looking no, at. No, your weird ass was there for number four, which was Pokemon Three <laughs> Spell of the Unknown. That's got yeah, you see, all I, over uh, in hardcore. I, I, I quit my I quit Pokemon after two of them, all right? <laughs> <laughs> I can only catch so many of them. I mean you sure no one was uh seeing Tomcats instead? Dude, people saw Tomcats in the theater? I did. Why? What the fuck is wrong with your brother? You should have saw Blow a couple you, more times. You I saw bought, Tom you, you paid money? Yeah. To watch that fucking... I, I, I haven't seen, seen it since. Film. Me and Corey I've saw it. I've never looked at that movie Me and Corey went and saw I know it. I don't want to see it. Me and Corey it. saw it in theater. You um, would. 
Yeah, I know. We did. <laughs> we we would, dork. we could, we should, we did. Your brother's a fucking dork. Uh, <laughs> you're going to go far, kid. You ain't going to believe this. Well, you used to fit right here. I'd hold you up and say to your mother, this kid's going to be the best kid in the world. This kid's going to be somebody better than anybody ever knew. And you grew up good and wonderful. It was great just watching. Every day was like a privilege. All right, so this this is obvious. First film. Who plays the daughter? I, I don't know. Who is it? Emma Roberts. Oh, is it real? That's Emma Roberts. I did not know In her know first that. role. I yeah, nine wrong. years old. I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, I didn't know that. Niece of Julia Roberts. Mm -hmm. I think for the last six, seven years, she's been on every it's season Eric of American Roberts Horror daughter, Story. Right? Hmm? It's Eric Roberts' daughter. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Okay, I did not know that. Yeah, I just looked at the last line in there. Did you know that? Scream yeah. Four, Emma Roberts. All right, so your brother's a dork, but he teaches us some shit. Yep. Uh, swan song. How's that for a swan song? So this is Ted Demi's final role. Yeah, and Demi passed away the following January from yeah, a heart attack. He, he has a heart. Did you know the story? He has a heart attack playing basketball. The autopsy reveals traces of cocaine. I was about to say, they do coke? He, yes. He, yeah, well, so I have a note here. Define he, irony. Right. Blows director dying of he, blow. He, he, do, he does the cocaine provided to him by the subject of his film, and it kills him. Okay? And I had a note when we talked because you know, Demi cameos as the attorney. Yep. My note said, fat guys like cocaine, too. Yep. <laughs> John Belushi, Ted Demi, John Candy, Lenny Clark. And the film came to be because Chris of Dennis Farley. Leary. What is it about that people? It's, who is, it, who it, was it, one of the three producers in this movie. Yeah, the, you know, and the reason Leary produces it is because... Well, him and Demi were really close. Well, the, and Demi directed... Who's we the man? We talked about this. Who's the man? I think they both had oh, is that, that Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, um, what was it? Uh, the, I think the, um, Demi either wrote or directed it. No, he did. He did. Who's the man? And that was the... Um, that was Dr. Dre and Ed Dr. Lover. Dr. Dre and Ed Lover. Mm -hmm. Yes, I saw that in the fucking theater, believe it or not. I, I saw them mind. host a concert once. Um, so, yes, yeah. De Dennis Leary plays, the, plays like the police sergeant in that. Ted yep. Demi directed it. Demi also directed Leary's uh, No Cure for Cancer stand-up for HBO. Yes, absolutely. And during production on that, Leary had laid George Young's autobiography on Ted Demi, probably because they were doing coke together back then. And that's, that makes sense because 93 was when the book came out, and mm -hmm. 93 was No Cure for Cancer, so that makes total... They, that story lines up, definitely. So I'm the, the, way, the way I imagine it is... Leary scores no some for top cancer match. Is 93? Yeah. 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 yeah, it was I was fresh out of high school. Dude, Leary had a huge 93. Who's the man? No cure for cancer. Demolition man. Judgment night. Yep. That's four fucking things in one year alone. Yep. 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 And I mean, two time, if by was, C and, wasn't and, for two and, more years. Back then I was I was You ever seen that movie? Was, I'm sorry. I guess that you ever see, you were big, where are you at on two if by C? Oh, I love. We just watched that. The oh, one yeah, Sandra Bullock. Where yeah, like, where the, the art thief and shit. Yeah, yeah, no, no. We just watched that. I like that movie. Nice. Um, yeah. So, like, the way the way I think it happened is like Leary got a hold of some really good Hollywood grade A George on cocaine, was doing it, and he's like, let me read the book about the guy who sold this. Shot where he ate. And and he hands the book off to Demi. Demi makes the film. And then Demi does the product and drops dead shooting hoops <laughs> 10 months after the film hits theaters. That's the, that's exactly how I imagine it happening. 
All right, so finger licking good. It's finger licking good. Uh, while he's in the pisser, yeah. I'll let you go first. What's your favorite favorite part of the film? Um, well, part of me wants to say the whole, you, you know, Ram Jam, just like the part that's crammed down your throat in the trailer, where he's just like strutting, you know, to the. Uh, to the, uh, Sean wants more montages. There's not enough montages in Blood. Nah, he needs no, one more. I think the reason that scene stands out is because what that dude said to me at the ticket counter is like, "You're here to see Blow, aren't you?" And I, in my head, I knew what he already saw: some, you know, tall, skinny, white dude, traipsing along with a cream-colored suit on, walking up to a counter. Um, so you talking? We're talking about my favorite scene in the film. You got one? Um, if you don't, you don't. If you do, you do. It's really nothing. It's really nothing. That, I don't have that, a particular scene. I have that, like a time of the film that are like that would be so my what favorite. Do you, what do you mean by that? What time? Uh, everything. The first twenty to thirty minutes, honestly. Like the whole the Manhattan the Beach stuff. The Manhattan Beach stuff. Oh yeah, everything. Yeah, basically, the, the whole building. Prior to them being introduced to cocaine, right? Like, give everything. me a pot movie. Give me this. Give me this film with like <laughs> okay. the pot. Okay. With them hanging out on the right, beach. Tuna's in the more of the film. I you know, it. I just you know, just give me like. I guess all right. Um, so I think I, I think one scene that stands out to me is when they're counting the money on the boat, and he's like, "We're gonna need a bigger yeah. boat." So where with that, what actually played out, it wasn't a boat. Okay. It wasn't. They, it was a no, house. No, 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 I'm saying in, there was a, it was a, him and Mirtha had bought a house up in like Massachusetts. Okay. They bought this house specifically just to stash the cash in. And they had so much cash stored in this house that it was filling up the fucking ventilation ducts and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And what, what is never, obviously you can't, you know, um, talk about this in the film. But uh, there was George and Murtha had a really kinky. It's like, kind of it's kind of insinuated in the movie. It's wild, but because that red filter scene we were talking about and the, the yeah, breakdown, yeah, where he talks about she there's was, like you know she she was there's into certain some, things. Yeah, what what they what, what he's glossing over there is the fact that they were into cross dressing bondage. Yeah. They were into S and M. He tells a story where at one point. Isn't he wearing a dress? And I believe there's a shot of Depp in a dress yes. in that scene. Yes. So yeah. It's... Yeah. So there's a, there, there, he tells a story in the book where him and Mirth are, are are getting up to it one weekend. They're at the house mm -hmm. up in New Hampshire, right? And they are, you know, he's he's wearing panties. Okay. Mm -hmm. He is chained up like you know all you know all four corners. You know what I mean? Like his wrists and ankles are chained to the wall. And Mirtha's like whipping him with a cat of nine tails and shit. And this is on like a Friday afternoon. And she leaves the room. Does not come back until like fucking Sunday. She left him just hanging there all weekend long. Like I shit you not. She left this at least for a good 24 to 36 hours. She left this man cooked up, chained up, in drag. With a hard on. And on that note, what's your favorite <laughs> Sorry. scene? <laughs> All right. Sorry, buddy. It's a true story. <laughs> I don't know. One? My favorite scene, honestly, is probably the Mexico scene. 
I'm trying to find fucking weed. Yeah, we're doing just the around. crazy antics and shit like yeah, that. Yeah, don't yeah. Esta none of them are on the same page. They're just <laughs> yeah, fucking nobody, running around. Nobody like, get their shit together I, yet. I, I, I just need some weed. Anybody <laughs> know where to find some weed? We just decided to become drug dealers. Can you help us out? It's fucking mid sixties or something like that. <laughs> mid to late sixties, and they're just like, uh, I don't know what else to do. So I'm gonna go across the border. I'm just gonna start asking random people for weed because uh, that's etiquette, right? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, That's great. Biggest <laughs> takeaways. Mr. Madison, what you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. All right, so I'll start with a few of mine. Uh, first and foremost, this story isn't about George Young. It's about a story of life and morals, cause and effect. Yes, yeah, yeah. Young's a complete moron, but the film <laughs> gives his story the old Hollywood effect, and it obviously works. Um, number two, the soundtrack. Not an old timer, no, but it's, it's, it's really fucking good. It's really goddamn it's, good, it's, it's and it deserves to be acknowledged. Yeah, it's for sure. All the all the songs they choose are like perfect yes. for all the montages. Cause, yeah, there's a lot of montages. There's a lot of montages. So you got to pick some, the right songs you for all these fucking montages. You got to have some classic 60s, 70s pop so, songs yeah. for your montage. And then uh, number three, Johnny Depp. What the fuck happened? I guess you can make a case out of 2003 because that was it. I feel like career-wise. That man checked out after putting in... 2003 was the first Pirates movie. I'll defend that one. And Once Upon a Time in Mexico. But then after that, Secret Window. Uh, so, a couple of sequels. That that that, um, that 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 drama that he did in 2000... Finding Neverland or something like that. I think... Yeah. Think about this. I hate to say it, but you're starting to sway me on that. Oh. For real, you're starting to swing. Secret Window, I hate that fucking movie so much. Mm. Well, the John Turturro and the Corn. Yeah, the Stephen King adaptation mm. with uh, Maria Bello and Timothy Hutton. Wasn't a fan. No, just Turturro and that fucking voice that he's got. I will also say I didn't like Shutter Island, and I always like super like. Super, what do you call it? Psychological films like that, I guess you could say, where it just fucks with your head. The, the head, the, the, the head fuck movies. Yeah, Ooh, like okay. it's not that I'm not a fan of them. It's that they have to be done very finite. Otherwise, you walk a you walk a tight line. Yeah. basically. You're but what I line. meant by that though is just it just Johnny. I feel like this was one of his last great films. Blow. Um, I wouldn't even. You know, Black I'm, Mass. I think is one of my favorite fucking Johnny Depp films outside of Blow in the past 20 years. But yes, I will agree that Blow is like one of his last great. What about, what about his performance in Public Enemies? Oh uh, yeah, okay. All right, yes, yes. Uh, Public Enemies is magnificent. I also really like Johnny Dillinger. And, I have and, also I met a lot of people that saw Public Enemies that didn't really like it too much. I like Public Enemies because I'm huge into gangsters. I'm huge into Johnny Dillinger and all that kind of stuff. Well, have so. you seen have you seen him over Warren Oates, please? Warren Oates plays Dillinger and Dillinger. In so, Dillinger. Yeah. yeah. I know. Warren Oates. Warren Oates. Came, like, came out in uh, 80, Dick I think. Dick Tracy's one. No, no. No, Warren Oates is fucking. Uh, Sergeant Hall. Peckinpah. Peckinpah. 
Oh, okay. All right. The, the instructor. And he, and he worked with, he worked with Lighten up, Francis. Warren Beatty is who I'm thinking of. Yeah, right? you're thinking of Warren Beatty. No, okay. Warren Oates. Warren Oates. Oates different, you know Warren. different Warren. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, he used to drop acid with Peter Boyle. And also, on top of that, going back to the soundtrack, do you know who composed this movie? One of my favorite Hollywood produ- or composers. Huh. Fucking Graham Ravel. Uh, oh, yeah, really? He did uh, Child's Play 2, which is, I think, I mean, I've seen criminally underrated as far as horror like, scores go. I've seen the, he uh, did the score for The Crow, Dark City. He did... Mm. Um, the Crow had a really good score. Dark City's a good one, man. <clears throat> he, Saw that in a theater in North Point. Uh, I pulled, I'll pull up some of his other ones because he did a lot of fucking... He spells his name like Cream, right? Yeah, something like that. No, I always call him Cream Ravel. Uh, Creamy Ravel. <laughs> Hard Target, No Escape, The Crow... SFW Tank Girl from Dust Till Dawn. The there you go. Yeah, that's yeah, he did Spawn. Dust. Speaking of Spawn, bringing that back to the conversation. <laughs> um, Idle Hands, which I just watched recently. Ooh, he did the Siege. Speaking of that movie, Ride of Chucky. He did a lot of fucking and then Blow. And then Freddy versus Jason Chronicles. Of Riddick has a really good score. He did the Fog remake. Ooh, okay, well. He did have never a good bothered, career. Never will. And so... Yeah, fuck that yeah, noise, man. There's only one Antonio Bay. <laughs> they changed the fucking name. And Adrian Barbeau is the DJ. There's only, yeah, only one Stevie Wayne. And exactly. Sure as shit. And she broadcasts from her lighthouse. Yeah. Fuck the rest of that noise. Oh, uh, God. What the, hell is it? what the hell is her name? Selma Blair. <laughs> Selma played, Blair. She she played is Stevie a, Wayne. She played the Adrian Barbeau yeah. part. So they so kept, who played the Tom Atkins and who played the Jamie Lee? Tom Curtis? Atkins is played by um is uh the 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 Todd Welling. Uh, what about Jamie Lee Curtis? Well, they that's the twist. Oh, she's Elizabeth. A they, the character of Elizabeth is different in the remake, uh, so it's it's noise. stupid. So and they changed the I, name of the town. It's not called Antonio Bay in the remake. It's called like Antonio Falls oh, or something. Oh, fuck that. So, uh, something like reasons that. Reasons number 17, 18, 19, 20, and 22. It's bad. I saw as it. As to why I'm not I saw it 20 years ago. <laughs> I saw it 16 years ago. So, you guys. money to see that. Saw it in the theater. Jesus Christ. We're going to pay all these I did it so you guys didn't have to. Thank you. Remake and Tomcats. Thank you. Right. Thank you for taking the hit so we don't have to. I used to see a lot of dumb shit. Cinematic grenades. How was Tomcats again? This spring break, brace yourself for the most outrageous comedy of the year. We just ran over your girlfriend. Do not say that word. Tomcats. <laughs> I, 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 I can only assume. Speaking of mulligan moment. If you had to do it all over again, would you make the same choices? Yeah. I wish I could have this mulligan moment. Yeah, I'm sorry. Um, it's all my fault. If, I, I'll kick this one off. Uh, if I could change one thing about this film. I would add a couple more scenes to his childhood to further depict or establish his relationship with his parents or furthermore, or, or father, more or less. Um, other than that, I mean, I, maybe I'd eliminate one or two montages. But other than that, I mean, this it's, it's a really good paced film, you know? Editing and pacing, definitely not one of the things I have issues with. The pacing is fine, the... the 
I guess the mulligan that I would have is that, as I've pointed out multiple times, like some of the stories are not drawn out the way that I personally would like them to be. I understand some are rushed, two hours, some are out of nowhere. Minutes, yeah, but I would like to know what happened to Tuna. Damn it, like something things like yeah, that. Yeah, you mean like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. You, you guys portrayed Tuna as like his best friend, his early running mate, and then he's just gone. Well, he's, <laughs> but it, but in in his real life that's literally what happened like Tuna uh, Tuna just kind of he just separated with yeah. the, at the end of the weed thing so like once once jail got in, got involved Tuna just walked away from the operation hmm. which he's probably the smartest guy in the goddamn film yeah let's face it you know he walked away in act one before shit got serious he went from buying dirt uh. weed to walking away when it mattered <laughs> right with, with money in the bank and property in Acapulco you know um, Sean, I you know I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna side with Andrew on this one, with and I understand you're you're restricted to you know they they want to get a film in at two hours, right? You know because that generates twenty four tickets a day. Okay, if you're open for twelve hours, for sure, right? Um, but. Yeah, there's there's not enough time, especially being a guy who read the book. Because I read the book, like, simultaneously to seeing the movie. Like, I was anticipating the film coming out, so I, you know, kind of bought the book. And I'm like, oh, it's cool, it's cool, it's cool, it's cool, it's cool. Neato. And, you know, I was mid-20s. I was partying up. Um, but, yeah, there was, there was, there was more to be told that got glossed over and rushed through. So I'm with you on that, Andrew. And the, the sad part is, like, I, I know what could have been put there, and they decided to put other things up on the screen right. instead. You know what I mean? So that's part of, the, I guess, part of the problem of having read it. There are just some transactions watching. that I would like to be in, have been you elongated. Know, you're literally sure. introduced to somebody, right. and then they're gone in 12 minutes time you have no time to build the but if i had to pick one in particular it would be tuna i kind of like i mean i just feel like there was so much more context to it than he just dipped he but apparently he didn't so (laughs) all right so let's wrap this up little section we call the last word all right let me break it down to you right quick andre say he catch any apple ball anybody can throw Coffee say that's bullshit. You a buster. Andre say roll up, bitch. Coffee say I'll give you all my gun if you catch this ball. He threw the ball. Andre called it. Andre say pay me my money. Coffee say you a cheating bitch. No way. Coffee say you a motherfucker. Okay, I got it. And uh, go around the table here. Give out our final thoughts of the movie. Andrew, since you are our guest co-host this week, I'm going to give the honors off to you and let us know what you thought overall. Just wrap this up. A little typo in the end. I mean, it's it's one of my favorite films of all time. It's a magnificent film. Uh, I know that there's nothing too fancy about it, but it's a story that really, really stuck with me. Uh, I think Johnny Depp really, really does a great job as George Young. I don't think Penelope Cruz does a good job as his wife, but I think Johnny Depp nails that role. And, of course, uh, as I said, Ethan as Tuna. Like, God damn it, I love that guy. Yeah, so, definitely. <laughs> fun time. Fun film to have. Sean, wrap this um, up. No, like I said, I mean, this movie's been with me for twenty years. Um, I was I, I was ramped up on it or ramped up for it prior to this release because the marketing did its job, and I was looking forward to it because I read the book. So I went into it and I took away from it the 
story was quite condensed versus what was already in my head, but I knew what to expect. You know, I knew you couldn't fit 400 right. pages <laughs> on the screen in two hours. Right. Um, and it's not something I go back to. Like, it's not something I even really think about and go back to even every year. Mm-hmm. But when you guys were like, hey, can we do this one? And I'm like, fuck yeah, man. Let me go watch that again. Yeah. And I had fun with it last night. Mm-hmm. It was probably the first time I watched it in at least five or six years. Even Mandy said, oh, wow. like, babe, you tried to show it to me and I just can't get through it, so no big deal. So I just threw the headphones on. You know? Um, so uh, is it the greatest Johnny Depp film ever made? No. No. No, I don't think so. By all means. Um... Is this what is remembered for? Yeah, he was your face man. He was your front man. It's it's Ted Demi swan song. Am I right? That's why it's, 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 it's in the category. He fucking yep. did. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what it is. I'm pr- am I going to watch it again in a year? Probably not. Is it something I'm never going to watch again? Definitely not. I'll look at it again. Um, but I've seen these stories told before. Right. You know. Um. But what I like is, and you know, me and Justin had that out when we were talking about, you know, biography pics. I like seeing the way they depict these images I've had in my head from what I've read. You know, I just kind of, it's, it's like a dream factor to me. So it was cool. I like that. I like, I, I, my biggest memory is coming up to get a ticket. And the guy's like, you're here to see Blur, aren't you? <laughs> you know, just for whatever reason, man, that's like one of the top five coolest moments of my existence. Like, that made me feel, like, semi-famous. You know what I mean? Like, he just knew right away. Right, the, guy, the guy. perfect strange. Like, I'll bet you're here to see Blow. What, do I look like the type? Um, I don't, I'll give him my thoughts. It's, it's, you know, one of my favorites now. Yeah, is top it, 10 Desert Island flick, I doubt it. But it does a lot about this movie I love. Um, there's a lot, the soundtrack. I mean, things we discussed about this things episode. Work. A lot of things work. And yeah. I, there's a lot Debbie of... There, completely it's, it's not... I, see, I'm probably going to go back and listen to this episode one day and be like, what are you talking about? You love this movie a lot more than what you're saying right now. Say mm-hmm. something. But it's it's a lot of things that like... I, I know that I love and appreciate about the film that it's kind of hard to just make sense of in wording. Um, top five, Johnny Depp? No. Top ten? Yeah. That's where I'd put it comfortably. Um, unlike you, I probably will go back and watch this in the next 365 days, but hey, that's because I enjoy the film and I watch it at least once a year, every year or two. Um, so yeah, Great film out of five stars, four and a half for me. Real quick though, like out of the three, my fa- my three favorite Johnny Depp films is this, Donnie Brasco, and um, and Black Mass. And it's really funny because all three of them are based <laughs> on stories of some gangsters. Right, right. <laughs> you just like seeing Johnny Depp playing a real life gangster. Yeah. Now, I'm guessing really Public Enemy. I'm guessing Public Enemies comes in as close four. Yes, yes, definitely four. Yes, <laughs> like does <laughs> real good at portraying a gangster that he isn't. So all that being said, this film is sponsored by the Tinsonio Parlor. When you're in business smuggling kilos of yayo for top dollar, you're going to want to look fly on the fly. So get off your ass and go see Richard Burrell at the Tinsonio Parlor, where it all began with a haircut and a curious party. <laughs> 
Ken and Barbie. Oh my god. Oh shit. <laughs> All that being said, this film definitely gets the film effect seal of approval, and that'll bring things home for this show. One down, many more to follow. Join yeah. us back next week, because next week we're talking about a film that you and I actually got to see together in the theater for the first time. <laughs> Opening night. Fun too. fucking times that we are surely going to be talking about. Let's get this party started. Cabin in the Woods. That's Cabin in the Woods, man. So join us back next week for that. Um... Uh, before we get out of here, I want to let you guys know that you can check out previous episodes of the show on iTunes, Spotify, Google, Breaker, Stitcher, wherever else you enjoy your favorite shows. Follow us along on both Instagram and Facebook at The Film Effect Podcast. Follow us along on Twitter at Film Effect Pod. And drop us emails whenever you want at The Film Effect Podcast at gmail.com. That's right. And that being said, we hope you guys. Uh, Take care of one another. Stay safe. Mask up. All that jazz. Um, yeah, man. Uh, we'll see you when the theater lights go dim and the opening credits begin to roll. And, Andrew, anything you want to add before we get out of here? Not much. Thanks for having me on. It's definitely a fun time. It was great. Where, oh, yeah, where, hardcore. Where can the back? general audience find you at? I mean, you can find me on Facebook, I suppose. That's about it. I don't really do social media too, too much. <laughs> so. All right. Well. Until next week with Cabin in the Woods. Klaatu, uh, Barada, Nitko. Check you later. All right, guys, take care.